Today is Thursday, January 4th, 2024, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. Happy 2024! Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! Oh, 2024 stinks already. Yeah, some of my New Year's resolutions are getting pushed back to 2025. <laughs> um, anyways, in this downtime, the dark ages of the Ask a Christian podcast, when uh, the great Christian schism of 023, 023, 2023, is making all the Christians uh, fraction and go uh, go off into their individual camps. Um, I'm still sitting here like, hey, anyone want to talk about God? No? No? Okay. So um, I've been away for a little while, so the um, the podcast may be hit or miss until I figure out a better plan. Since Clubhouse has completely tanked the ability to find new people, um, I did think, well, we'll just have a bunch of Christians talk for a while and, you know, do some discipleship and go into deeper Bible study. Um, <laughs> just kidding. They all got in fights over various differences that the Bible says are cancerous and ruin all who listen, which is exactly what's happening. But nonetheless, they have gone their own way. So it's just uh, me and myself. And uh, I know people think I talk a lot, but when it's just me, I've got about 10 minutes and then I'm done. So uh, I tracked down Chris. Uh, who had some time, so we talk about, oh man, the papists are at it again. So, I promise, I don't hate Catholics. But, <laughs> but, and, uh, they say when you say but, you wipe everything out. But I don't hate the Catholics. Um, I have severe problems with the Catholic Church and the official structure um, and the doctrines and the teachings of the official Catholic Church. Um, that doesn't mean, you know, a lot of Catholics I know would never have any idea about the conversations we're going to have today. Like, they just don't know any of this. Like, I, I bet if any of them still listen, they're like, is that really true? Look it up. Um, anyway, so so this is not prevalent knowledge that you're just going to hear if you go attend a, a church sermon uh, or service at a Catholic church on just a Sunday or whatever. Um, you'll really need to dig deeper to find out this stuff. But, um, yeah, so we, t- we talk about that. Uh, Catholics versus Orthodox, and the differences and the similarities. Um, then we get to the election of popes and man-made tradition and how the gospel is simple. Keep it simple. Um, when you don't keep it simple and you try to add a bunch of stuff to it, well, you get things like this. Um, and it's just thousands of years piled on top of the scripture and of the gospel. So um, anyway, enjoy this. Um, you can check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. And learn to have civil conversations with people who are not always so civil. You can check out the Ask a Christian store. Grab a t-shirt, coffee cup, whatever. Support this podcast. Especially in these times um, when we don't even know which way we're going. But I would like to continue to be here. And in some capacity, I will. But your sponsorship is important. Um, It helps pay things like internet hosting and content and... uh, you know, storage is, is not so cheap. Anyway, so thanks for your support. Thanks for your help. Thanks for your prayers. Uh, keep us in those. So here's a 2024. Yippee. Lord Jesus, come quickly. Um, <laughs> share these links. I but, mean, uh, dude, this 2024 has started off pretty crappy. Like, the first, like day one, I'm like, okay, all my New Year's resolutions, those are now pushed back to 2025. <laughs> so I'm like... Uh, what were yeah, some so, of them? What were some of the New Year's resolutions? Oh, you know, diet, exercise, eating healthy, um, <laughs> you know, turn over a new leaf, get the new year. Yeah, I'm like, we're going to revisit that in 2025. Go back to <laughs> veganism. Today is already already gone. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, 
yeah, be a better you. Uh, be a better you. Maybe next year. Um, so yeah, man, 2024 is not started off as super great. Um, I'm like, there's got to be a reason, right? So uh, the podcast has sucked. Uh, no one, no one's been joining. It's taken people like 30 minutes. They're like, oh, my kids are out of school. Blah blah blah. Like, you know the what whatever. So I'm like, man, I'm sitting here like 30 minutes. Like I've, I've only got like 10 minutes in me tops. And, um, you know, even like the, the news sites, the religious news sites I use, like, you know, get content to gripe about. Um, they're not being updated. Like that's, that's like, the, I, I always hated uh -huh. that, like this lull between like Christmas and like a week or two after New Year's. It's like everyone just saves up like their three weeks and takes their vacation time then. So like personal people, like national network people, podcast people, it's like everyone just like goes away for three weeks. It's like the dark ages. So like, you know, it's my <laughs> least favorite time of the year. I mean, you know, the birth of Christ props but every other reason um yeah it's i'm not a fan of that season because uh, it's just like nothing to do it's like going to like hibernation or something so anyways between that and <laughs> yeah <Nate's> I, hibernating <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the papist dude it is crazy oh my goodness like what have like, they been it, doing it, it, like the ones that you. we know or just like the ones online on like facebook oh uh well both Okay. So, okay, first of all, when I say papist, like, I'm just including Orthodox because they have enough of the shared beliefs, like, you know, the Mary stuff, like the Mary worship and, and all this other stuff that I'll be talking to someone that's like, oh, wow, okay, okay, papist, easy, calm down, bro, just calm down, we're trying to have a conversation here. Like, I'm not Catholic, I'm not Catholic, I'm some kind of Orthodox, I'm Eastern Orthodox, I'm Asian Orthodox, I'm Ultra Orthodox, like, whatever. I'm like, dude, you're saying the same stuff, you may as well be a papist. Um, they don't like it when you say <laughs> Which that. I'm they sure don't... makes them very happy when you say that. Yeah, they, they don't like they don't like it when you say that. But Mike, dude, seriously, like the, the biggest <laughs> the biggest issues I have are the same ones they all share. So you know, it's like I mean, how different are they really? What are their big differences? You can tell me in a second. But it's like I'm imagining in Protestantism, it's like Church of God and Assemblies of God, and if you want to be extreme, throw Baptists in there. It's like yes, they are are different. They have distinct differences, but they're very similar. Um, so, so I guess to start, what's the, what are some of the biggest differences in like just all of Orthodox versus Catholic church? So, okay. So you're talking about the divide between East and West and so like they have different saints and stuff, right? But some of the, well, they saints. share a bunch of saints, right? Yeah. So th they will do that, but there are some Eastern Orthodox only saints and there are some only yeah. Catholic saints, right? So, um, so the the main differences you're going to see are like obviously the you know orthodox are not going to accept the pope you know like that's going to be their first one um and then there's like some like extremely technical very silly doctrinal differences have you heard of this uh philo uh, yes okay so like all that proud of me I'm very proud of you. That's pretty <laughs> impressive. Most people don't know what that is. So, like, it's really dumb. It's, like, the dumbest of the dumb things. It's, like, does the spirit proceed from the father and the son? Or does the spirit only proceed from the father? And we're going to kill you and your family if you disagree. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Like, Seriously? Like, you are a pagan. You do not agree to the processions. Like, what are you even talking about? Like, this isn't even in the scripture at all. 
yeah, yeah. So, so, um, yeah, like I thought, they're basically the same. <laughs> How many friends am I going to make today? But seriously, um, like all their Mary worship and all this other weird stuff, like the biggest problems I have with the Catholic Church, well, congratulations, you share the same issue. And, uh, you know, I have with the Catholic Church, you know, the Bible has with the Catholic Church. But, uh, and, and then, okay, so, yeah, let's just get to it. Okay, so so some of the people you know definitely better than me, but um, you know, but they're on the Discord server. Um, it really bothers me. Okay, so I've always said like just talking to like your run of the mill Catholic or or priest or someone that's not like going hardcore like apologetics on you. It's like okay, you know, we can have a civil conversation. We can just agree to disagree because we definitely disagree. Um, and, and it's like I know I definitely disagree with a lot of like Catholic teachings. Um, the Catholics may not know that they really disagree with me because they're just not that familiar with their own Catholicism. Um, so, so that makes it easier. Uh -huh. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I think you should check into this. You know, search your heart, pray to Jesus. It's okay, you can do that. Um, search but then your when I, <laughs> you know it to be true. Search your heart. Your heart, Doctor John's coming. Your heart. Anyway. Um. But, um Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. <laughs> this is this is a lot of pent up stuff coming out. Okay, um, so so some of the but whenever you meet like a Catholic person who's like really like super knowledgeable of their their doctrines and stuff like that, and they go just like hardcore apologetics, it's like man, those are the, some of the most insufferable conversations, and those are the ones who are like you're going to hell or purgatory, or whatever they say. Because, um, like, you're not in the Catholic Church, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I get it. It's not fun to be told you're going to hell. But, you know, I'm confident in my relationship with Christ that, uh, you know, I can hear that and be like, well, you're just wrong. Um, and if you somehow make it to heaven, you'll see that. Um, but my extra big problem is when you meet one of those people, and they go after, like, another Christian um, who's like new in the faith or not really discipled and doesn't really have a solid foundation for what they believe. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just infuriating because it's like, well, dude, like the wolves are like freaking like, you know, jumping in the sheep pen and like, you know, biting the neck of the sheep and like dragging them away. Like that, that seems like a time to actually do something. So I'm watching some of these people. Um, one who doesn't like to be called Catholic because they're Orthodox. So now I just call them Catholic anyway, because it's funny because <laughs> it bothers him. <laughs> um, so, and then there's like um, some actual Catholics. Um, but there's this. I'm trying not to name drop. I'll, I'll name drop off the record sometime if you want to know. But just, um, or just, after this, um, just put it in the chat, and that way it won't make it in the recording. Oh, we still have chats over here. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, I know you don't really interact in the chat very much, but you know we can make an exception today, just so I'm on the same page. Uh. You know those two? Oh, yeah. Um, and a few more I can't remember. Yeah, and um, yeah. and you remember her, right? Uh, sorry. Do you hear the sizzling? It's probably really good. Oh. Is that uh, the papist on your skillet? Um, yeah. So this, Wait, this is what? the one. That last one. No, that's no, no, no. That, that's that's the one who they're like going after like ravenous wolves, oh. right? So it's like you've got this person, and apparently since we we haven't been around, um, she she's asking all these questions in like the general like Catholic uh, Catholic safe space, um, or whatever that channel is. And oh, wait um, a minute, wait a minute. Oh wait, who made that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, okay, and they've yeah. also invited a lot more 
the Catholics over, you know, I'm like, why are you doing this? I'm like, something probably needs to happen. They're like, well, I want to convert them. I'm like, well, you're not going to convert. You may convert one by one, but you're not going to convert like 20 of them at once. Like if you have them and their whole friends, they're going to wage like, you know, a papist version of jihad on you. Um, it's not like you're going to get 20 of them to convert at once. Anyways. Um, well, by the way, the secret is that the, the papist version of jihad is exactly the same as the Muslim version of jihad. Just translated to English. Yeah. Who's killed more people? Not Muslims. Definitely papists. But go on. <laughs> okay. So this little innocent Christian who's got some questions, uh, not really solid on some of the things she believes. I, I started reading because, you know, I never read Discord. I only post, you know, cringy memes. Um, <laughs> so I was like reading through it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? I'm like, I've got some responsibility here. So I started reading the conversation. And it's about like, you know, things that um, like like baptism is the most recent one um, I I, um, I saw. And she's like, well, you know, quotes what we believe. Like, you know, it's just it's symbolic. Right. And that and I think. I think the Eucharist was a conversation, but it's like, look, these are just symbols. This is because, you know, we're a good little Christian and, you know, we just want to do what Jesus says. And it's a, a symbol to show the world, uh, the outward showing of inward commitment, that type thing. And they're like, well, actually, it's like one of those atheist memes, like, well, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and and they just like, like start... the libertarian with the fedora. Well, <laughs> yeah. actually. Yes. I like the little chin whiskers. Yes. But they uh, they just start regurgitating like propaganda. It's like vomit on my screen. They just started posting like just like PDF after PDF and like trying to use big words and overcomplicate things. Like, well, this is tied into this, and you see this scripture. Here's four words of a paraphrased verse, and uh, because of that, then you you leap over here, and this is why um, you must do it to be saved. Um, and then I think I, I just got sick of reading, and you know. Randy, you to cry about it. Um, I, I think one of the last things was kind of like an old argument I heard where they're like, no, no, um, it's not a work. Um, like, it is, but it's totally not a work. And it seemed like this person was having the same kind of questions I had, except her questions are like, really? How do you explain this? Like, she's she's perhaps going to buy into what they're telling her. And mine is like kind of snarky. Like, oh, really? You must be baptized to get saved, but being baptized is not a work. Even though you get in the car and you turn the key and you drive to the church and you go up there and get baptized, that's not a work. And they're like, "No, God makes you do that." I'm like, "Okay." I just throw my hands up. I'm like, "I'm like, I just throw my hands up and walk away." I'm like, "All right, dude, peace. I can't talk to you. Like, may God have mercy on your soul." Um, but this person is like, "Oh, I see what you're saying." I'm like, "I'm pretty sure you know what I believe is right. I think I believe that, but you have some interesting points." I'm just like, "No, what? No." And oh, and, and then the, the one of the last thing they posted was like this. It's like a meme, um, except it was not. I, I guess they meant it as an infographic, and it showed like in in like the three hundreds, like the third centuries, second and third century, all these church fathers um, who believed this stuff that you must be baptized to be saved and all this. And I'm just like sitting here like face palming. I probably have a bruise in my head. Um, I'm just like, dude, no one cares about the third century. No one cares about the third century. Like all they do, do is like appeal. It's like this disconnect. It's like uh, it's almost like a Calvin Arminian thing, except to, to a worse extent. Um, it, it's just like you keep talking past each other. It's like we have traditions to build upon. And the Protestants like your tra traditions don't matter. Like go back to the Bible and stay there. Like tradition is not good. So it's like it's like, uh, you know, they see their tradition as amazing and they can't realize that. It's not like we're 
having a schism and then making our own tradition. It's like our tradition is to get back to the Bible and stay there. That's our tradition. But they're like, no, no, we have a succession of fathers. We have a succession. Like, it's a good thing. I'm like, it's not a good thing. Like, you don't need a succession. Like, Jesus and the first century church, that's it. There doesn't need to be a succession. Because when you have a succession over and over and over, 1,500 years, this is what you get. Traditions of men, which I'm just going to say is only a few steps away from, I don't know, I mean, what's next in the ladder? Doctrine of demons? Um, maybe there's some sort of overlap. <clears throat> But, uh, <laughs> dude, I, I, can't, I can't handle it. I'm like, look, I want to be nice. I want to be pleasant. But this is so messed up. And then when you're, like, trying to, like, lead other people into your little, like, wolf pen to, like, devour them, I'm like, dude, that is – it is sick. Yep. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look, the – as we call them, the apostolics, they twist the church fathers. They twist scripture. They have this apologetic that's just purely made up. Um, and, and all of the stuff that they're bringing out from these church fathers are cherry picked quotes. There's 87,000 pages of early church fathers. I can make an early church father sound like a Mormon or a Jehovah's witness real easy. And they really hate that. But then I demonstrate and then they're like, well, that's just taking it out of context. I'm like, yeah, exactly. I'm not saying they're a Mormon or a Jehovah's witness, but I can demonstrate. I can, I can make... I can make Jesus sound crazy by just taking him out of context. I can make anyone sound crazy by taking them out of context. Well, yeah, I can they make, to make Jesus is... sound like a socialist for the atheist. Though Jesus was yeah. a socialist. Yeah, Jesus. Jesus totally believes in the you know collective uh, you know government and you know like you can you can do all kinds of crazy stuff, right? Jesus was a Palestinian immigrant. <laughs> oh, I saw that one. Oh, yeah. that's great. Oh, yeah. Jesus would be weeping for Gaza, you know, like whatever kind of crap, like people have been doing this to, you know, to, to the scriptures and to ancient texts for as long as there's been ancient texts. Um, you know, this idea of, uh, you know, Oh, you know, we, we don't think that uh, Moses wrote the Pentateuch. So we're going to make up this whole other thing. Um, yeah. Again, it's just, nonsense it's just nonsense garbage that's made up by people um and they call it an apologetic and exactly what you're saying is correct nate like let's get back to the scriptures because like so um i had a discussion with some some reformed brothers and they're deep into the theology and i'm like look this theology is arguing with arcane points of medieval Roman Catholic theology. And the reason no one cares about this particular theology that you guys are so interested in is because no one cared about it for like 300 years. <laughs> and like, because they're just, they're done dealing with papists and they're done trying to put the Protestant church back into the toothpaste tube, you know? And so, you know, this idea that, you know, we need to interact with papists on, you know, whatever the, you know, the, the finer points of the philoque and we're going to, <laughs> you know, we're going to go deep into the procession so that we can have common ground with the papists. Like no one cares. Like they don't care. Certainly all they want you to do is repent or, and, and come back to the mother church or they will just kill you because that's what they did. So like all these people that are writing all this theology, a lot of them, <laughs> 
they couldn't live in Catholic countries writing the theology that they're supposedly having these enlightened discussions with because a Roman Catholic would have murdered them. So, like, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, you had a bunch of bloodthirsty Satanists running around <laughs> that want to murder you and your entire family. And we have actual first-person writings of things like burning a pregnant woman at the stake because she's a Protestant, starting the fire with the pages of her Bible, and then she, while she's being burned to death, gives birth, and the baby falls out and rolls off the funeral, the, the, the pyre, and then the priest picks the baby up and tosses the baby back on the fire. This is who we're dealing with. Wow. We're not dealing with calm, fuzzy, let's have an enlightened discussion. No, we're dealing with bloodthirsty Satanists. Do you have that account? What, what's that account yeah, called? Yeah, Fox's, Fox's Book of Martyrs. You ever read it? Wait, isn't there a Book of Martyrs for Catholicism too? Is this like a Protestant version for all the martyrs? No, this is, so, so this was written during Bloody Mary, right? So the time of Bloody Mary. You know why they called her Bloody Mary, right? Uh, this is the one where she killed lots of people, right? Yeah, she was she she took over as the the Catholic. Oh yeah, and just went like headhunter, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Like she, you know, she Did took over as the. Yeah. Is that oh right? yeah. Okay. Uh, so what now? What was it? The guillotine was it? It was in France, no. right? Or no, England. this is in Paris England. This is in England. Bloody Mary in England, and uh, she took over and uh, you know just started murdering Protestants right and left. Um. And uh, burning them at the stake, beheading them, murdering their entire families. You know, this is why she was called Bloody Mary, you know. And so Fox's Book of Martyrs was written during that time. And it goes all the way back to, like, the ancient, like, stories of martyrs, um, many of which can't be confirmed. But, you know, there's just the – so it, it compiles all of the martyrdom to show a direct line of Christians being killed all the way up to Bloody Mary. Yeah, so hmm. man, I, I I just I just can't I just can't. It's like man, I, I like a lot of the stuff. Man, I think it's really the Mary worship that just did it. It just shows such a like I I don't know either dishonesty or indoctrination that that these people I guess the ones I've been dealing with just can't or won't get past. Um, I mean seriously, it is like like one of them got all like in a tizzy because I said it was like a baptized like a Patrick Lehman level of logic that they were doing because they're like Jesus was sinless. Therefore God wouldn't have him be born of someone who was sinful. Therefore Mary sinless. Like what? And they, they just like make these wild leaps. Like if this, then that, but the logic doesn't follow at all. I mean, Jesus could have been born of a turnip. Like it, it does not matter how Jesus was born. He is sinless. He didn't have the original sin passed on from his father. That's what matters. Like, the, 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 and they're like, Protestants just want to say Mary is like a birthing container. It's like, if by birthing container, you mean normal human, just like everyone else, then yes. Um, but they'll just make these, <laughs> they'll just make these wild leaps. And I'm like, guys, this is crazy. Um, and yeah, I mean, between the Mary worship and the tradition, like how they focus on that. And they're so proud of their man-made tradition. 
because of the apostles and the succession. Like, if we just concede that's true, which I know people will refute, depending on what we're talking about. But if we just concede that's true, what were the apostles? Men. What are their successors? Men. What are their successors, successors, successors? Men. Um, so, no, the Bible is from God. Um, Jesus, uh, you know, all, all this other stuff, all these other people are people. You've got God, you've got Jesus, you've got the first century church who were right next to Jesus. Listen to that. Read that. It's like you. It's like the fulfillment of the law, like the parallels between like papists and uh, Pharisees and atheists and Pharisees and really everyone who's not in Christ and Pharisees. The parallels are staggering to me, and I can't make anyone else see it. I mean, maybe maybe a couple people do, but, you know, I can't make anyone else on the other side see it because they're so blinded. I'm like, look, guys, you're so proud of your traditions of men, and you're you're taking – like, okay, Jesus is cool, but we're going to take this and go all the way over here and build 2,000 years of tradition on top of what Jesus says. So if Jesus says, you know, love God, love your neighbor, and, uh, you know, repent and believe the gospel, um, that's what you need to do. You'll inherit eternal life. The Holy Spirit will be with you and guide you. They're like, okay, like, hold my beer, Jesus. Let me add 2,000 years of rosaries and fathers and all this stuff, and they're going to start making their main cases in, like, the second and third century forward. It's like um, – and then you've got the Pharisees who are like, well, they don't hold Jesus in high regard. Um, so it's like, well, now here, let's take the Old Testament and let's pile on the Talmud. Let's add the Talmud. So, yeah, the you know the Torah, that's all great and stuff, but here we got this Talmud. It's man-made tradition. Like, the parallels are so staggering. Like, all of them may as well just be Pharisees, practically speaking, or not practically, but um, you know, um, the word I'm missing. But, but I'm like the parallels. Do you know are... who wrote extensively on the parallel between Roman Catholics and uh, and the Pharisees? Oh, I'm not the first one. <laughs> nope. Uh, what? Don't say Calvin. Don't say Calvin. Yeah, it's Calvin. So well. Ah! <laughs> 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 She's just but... the road. <laughs> To join our cult, it's gonna be great. <laughs> but dude, it's crazy. I'm like, look, guys, it's like a finished work, right? Like how people say, um, you know, Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. That's why Hebrew Israelites are right. It's like, no, Jesus came to fulfill the law. It's in the same way <clears throat> to the Catholics. It's like, look, if Jesus fulfilled the law and says, look, here's what you need to do, it's like their parallel of Jesus fulfilled the law is Jesus saying, look, do these few things. And pay attention to like, you know, like the, the first century church, like do these things and then put a cap on it. There is no succession. There is absolutely no need for anyone to succeed that. There's none. It's done. It's fulfilled. Um, so then it's like, OK, well, we'll take this finished work, this finished book where Jesus says everything to inherit eternal life and live a godly life in him. And we're just going to be like, all right, set that to the side. Now do 2000 years of other junk on top of it. It's like it's not necessary. Your succession is nothing to be proud of. Right, and it's not even true anyway. I mean, like, the episode succession stuff is just ridiculous on its face. Well, what I love pointing out to them is I'm just like, well, let's talk about all the heretic popes. And they're like, oh. <laughs> and when, when, yeah. And then, like, like when they when they finally, like, do study, they're like, okay, yes, there were some heretic popes. I'm like... Does that not give you pause for the whole, like, papal infallibility doctrine in 1850? Like, does that not be, is that not like, huh, maybe we ought to think about that one. No? No? I don't even get that much? Like, no? 
<laughs> I guess I guess not. It's like beating your head against a, a pole. Like you know, sometimes people will say things to me, you know, to to try to like prove I'm not like you know unable to reason and you know scrutinize my own position. Every now and then, someone would would say something to me, and I'm like, oh, huh, okay, well, well, let me think about that. And then in my own time, I really look into their points, and you know, I, I will give it a fair shake. And you know, uh, sometimes, uh, like even in clubhouse, you know, the the woman pastor thing, um, I'm like huh, how did I miss that for so long? Well, I guess I have a different opinion. How about that? Um, but other times I, I, I'm like, no, I still have my same conclusions. Um, but mm -hmm. at least I did a deep dive and I really revisited it to see if they had any validity to their point or there's something I missed. It's like these people, and not just these people, but like, you know, most of the ones we talk to in clubhouse, atheist, Muslim, whatever, um, they're just like so in, indoctrinated that they can't even do that. Um, the, the, they're, they're just like, no, 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 no. I'm like, dude, just just think about what I said. Has anyone ever said that to you? If yes, um, how did you deal with it? And how did you end up not not buying into it? Or if no, and this is the first time you're hearing it, can you take 10 minutes off off screen and, you know, let me know what your conclusion is? And it's just like, no, 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 no. I'm like, well, are you just so indoctrinated that you're convinced you're right and nothing's going to change your mind? Or you think that if you did that, maybe you could uncover something that's going to cause you some problems and you'd have to make some new decisions, um, and you're too scared to do that. And it's like, I don't care the answer. Like, God is your judge. But I'm just trying to give you some practical considerations that may help you. Like, I've done it. I'm not immune to it. Um, yeah, anyway. So when, so when one of our friends became a papist, and I asked this person, so when, not if, when Pope Francis decides to, um, you know, be cool with uh, gay marriage, what is your response going to be? Are you going to then walk away from the Pope and, again, walk away from, you know, a clearly false church? Yeah, I, I mean, but that's never just going to happen. That's never going to happen. <laughs> never, ever, ever. And now when you ask that same person about this, they'll give you... 45 minutes of cope about how the blessing of same-sex unions is not actually the blessing of same-sex unions. It's some like Trump level 14 dimensional chess that none of us are aware of to get us back to the original, you know, because he's oh. just, he's doing the 14, you know, 14 this, dimensional chess. Does this guy start with a, a P in his name? No, this is a young lady. Well, not young. This is a lady. V. Yep. Um, but the, chi the childlike but, empress. Well, by the way, I haven't, I haven't seen them. In, <laughs> I, I haven't seen them in a long time. Like I don't know, I don't know where they took off to, but they're a ghost. Um, anyway, but back to the the two two things. Yeah, that it, it is is crazy. But we talked about that, right? Um, uh, the apologetic, like overnight, the like knee jerk apologetic is. Oh, he's not. No, no. The priests aren't blessing uh, gay unions. They're they're blessing the individual. And there's like a picture, like this article I saw, and I, I put it as a, as a PTR. And it's like the, this article, this priest with two gay dudes holding hands, like looking like they're about to start making out, and, and he's giving a blessing. And they're like, <clears throat> I'm like, look at the PTR. They're like, no, no, no. He's not blessing their gay union because that's bad. He's blessing individually them. Um, I'm like, okay, but dude, if he's trying to like ignore their gay union and give go through that somehow and bless each one of them individually 
can they at least not be holding hands looking like they're going to make out? Like you're, you're saying one thing, but a picture tells a thousand words. Like, like just no, like you're trying to say, well, it's just an individual. It's like, they're holding hands about to start kissing. It's like, no, it's not. And it's like, back to the, back to the Pope. Like, again, another thing that would give a normal unbiased person pause when you have to have a council of men to elect a Pope or a church leader, how in the world is that Christ-like or biblical? Like, how do you get ordained from God um, uh, like that? And you could say, oh, well, you know, Paul was was elected. He wasn't elected. It was just kind of agreed upon that he was one of the apostles. Like, hey, Paul, what's he saying? Like, is he is he an apostle like us, right? Like, yeah, yeah, just like us. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, th- I don't think you can really equate that and call that an election. Just like, you know, did God uh, – are they saying – I'm sure they'd say yes. Are they saying God like sent down like like some information from heaven to have a bunch of weird guys dressed in weird robes and call themselves cardinals um, and, and then like burn black and white smoke, depending on what the Council of Man decides is the next pope? Like if God's in it, shouldn't it just be all white smoke? Because, you know, whenever they have their first round of elections, they get it right the first time because, you know, God um, – these are questions I have. Yeah, I mean, like, that one doesn't bother me as much as, as a lot of the other stuff. I mean, you know, we we choose as, you know, Protestants from a, a slate of elders, right? You know, so, I mean, I'm not super worried about the, the election thing, but you are right. Like, so one of the things that they have a problem with specifically, though, is church councils. And the reason that the the papists can't reform their church is because they painted themselves into a corner. You know, it's kind of like the the old cartoons where, like, you know, somebody's painting the floor and then they've painted themselves into a corner and it's like, oops, you know. Um, it's the same way, right? So they have painted themselves into this corner where if the church councils are infallible and the church councils are declaring things that they want to, to overturn – they can't because the church council was infallible. And so because they don't base the infallibility of doctrine on scripture, but they base it on quote unquote sacred tradition, which includes the scripture, it includes councils and it includes, um, you know, other, other writings, um, depending on the day. So like some of these writings will be, you know, infallible, like, oh, when the Pope speaks ex cathedra, but then there's all kinds of like debate as to, well, what does it mean when the Pope speaks ex cathedra? Like, does he have to declare it? Does it have to be like at the title of the encyclical? Like what, what, you know, and so they'll have a debate on that, you know? So, so then when it doesn't suit them, like when a Pope does something crazy or stupid or heretical, they'll say, oh, that was just a man talking, um, but it's when, but when it's something that they want to, you know, beat a hobby horse on, then they're like, no, that's the infallibility of the Pope. And so basically they can't, their, their claims to authority are the thing, are the very thing that is stopping them from fixing a lot of the problems that they have. Um, like the whole gay priest thing, you know, and, and the whole like, you know, child molestation problem that they had, or still have, I'm sure, um, is directly because of 
quote unquote infallible doctrine and they just they can't fix it they can't do anything about it like to ask the catholic church to reform so that they don't have gay and you know pedo priests is literally impossible you can't like you can't Be- and what's the what's the doctrine that uh allows this that they can't fix like i'm sure there's not a doctrine that says gay priests are cool and then they're like oh we can't change it but like what what right. allows this to happen it's the it's the the idea that priests can't be married and so this came about oh, okay yeah, in the yeah. 12th century because priests were so incredibly corrupt that they were like well we better put a lid on this and so they just made it a hundred times worse. And it was also a land grab and it was a power grab. And so what the Catholic Church realized was that if clergy were able to can you know keep their wealth that it doesn't belong to the church, then the clergy as rich people um, in some cases would be able to influence the church in a way that the Pope didn't like. And so they they declared um, that all lands and property of clergy heretofore belongs to the Catholic Church. It was a big deal. Um, and, of course, you know, the people that didn't agree. What do you think they did with the priests who didn't agree to now become property of the Catholic Church? Uh, set them up in a nice little cottage home overlooking the hillside? You would think that would be nice, right? No, they just murdered him. So, you know, that's what well, they do. And Yeah, and I mean, to go back quickly, the, the election thing, I mean, it's like a doctrinal thing because, I mean, you know, it's it's like, you know, the structure and leadership and, you know, most of the, the normal people don't have anything to do with it. Like, they're not in a position to deal with that. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's basically just to show more of the traditions of man. And again, trying, like you said, you know, we choose, like in the sense of like Titus, we choose a, a leader like a shepherd, a pastor, we're choosing someone like us. We're choosing another Christian that just happens to fit the qualifications in Titus. Um, we're not choosing the mouthpiece of God. We're choosing someone who's a Christian, who is a sinful person, who is fallible, just like us. They just have their act a little bit more together and meet the qualifications to check those boxes to be an elder, to be a shepherd of God's people. It doesn't mean they're necessarily more holy or spiritual. I mean, you'd like to think that, but I mean, it's not like the words out of their mouth are infallible you know, when mm-hmm. they're speaking in their office. And, you know, you also probably don't don like, you know, weird robes and do weird rituals just for the heck of it. Um, I mean, I don't know. I hope, I don't know if you have your instant shaker or not, but you know, like where we do that, <laughs> we, we, we don't do that. Um, but and then, yeah, the other thing is a lot of atheists will champion this cause for Catholics. Um, take that what you will. Um, and they'll be like, Oh, so you're, I think it was, I think it was Haiti. I haven't seen her in months. It's, yeah, I haven't seen her either. I don't know. Liberal white of... atheist women, um, mm-hmm. and British. That but means. um, she's like, "Oh, you!" S-. I can't even do it. I sound like Clockwork Orange. <laughs> imagine, imagine her, imagine her, <laughs> imagine her accent. But she's like, um, among others. But the same point you made. I'm like, look, the fact that they make their priests be celibate is just. Uh, making this situation worse with like, you know, all the other stuff and homosexuality and like, you know, the little boy rape and all that stuff that's going on. And she's like, so you're telling me, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, so she's like, uh, among others are like, are you telling me 
that if you say they can't uh, can't get married, that's going to make them gay? No, that's not what matters. Like, are you saying if they just prevent them from being gay, that turns them into a sexual deviant? It's like, well, kind of, yeah. I'm like, work with me here. And she's like, no, you can't choose to be gay or not, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but what you can do in a different category shift is not choosing to like men or women or little boys. Um, it's that if you're deprived from, like, your natural way – and, you know, for the people that aren't deprived of that, that like they could choose and, you know, they're not in the church or nothing. They could just as easily hook up with guys and girls. That's a different category. That's not what we're talking about. That's a category of sexuality. We're talking about a category, a category of forced depravity. So even though there's like some homosexual, some sexuality and Venn diagram overlap, I'm not talking about like just like straight and gay people. I'm talking about move over a few ships to a level of depravity, depravity. So if you're prevented like, I mean, you know, just think if you're like a sailor who's like, uh, you know, out to sea and, and, you know, you're not a gay sailor. You you have a wife um, for like the three people that that applies to, um, but, you know, like the three sailors that are straight and <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, sailors. <laughs> but if you're a sailor and you have you're a wife, savage today. <laughs> if you're a sailor and you have a wife and you're with her every day for a month and it's like, OK, let's let's go to the bedroom, honey. Let's, uh, you know, do what married couples do. Um, and you go in there and. You, you think, okay, well, um, the, the more you have the opportunity dictates how you interact. And sometimes that's different than if they go out to sea and they, they've been celibate for like three or four months out to sea, like, you know, chasing Moby Dick or whatever. And then when they come back into port and they don't need to take their wife to a bedroom, like they look at her for two seconds. It's like, oh, well, that that's taken care of. Like you get what I'm saying. I'm not trying to be overly graphic, uh, but if, if you're if you're deprived of something, then you want it more. And if you can't have it more, you're going to do more and more messed up stuff. So if that sailor didn't get to come home to his wife after like four months um, and engage in normal relationship, if he is out to see it six months, he's like, oh, man, uh, you know, what's a pirate name? What's you got a pirate name? Blackbeard. Hmm, I, don't, I don't know about that. Um, but, okay, be like, well, hey, you know, Blackbeard kind of smells bad, but uh, I've been at sea. <laughs> I've been at sea six months. Like, like I'm not into, I'm not into dude. I'm not into dudes. You're but man, killing me. And then if you're out to sea 10 months or a year, it's like, okay, Blackbeard, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to tell anyone about this. Right? He's like, no, I'm not attracted to men. He's like, no, me either. He's like, all right, well, let's go to your chambers, Blackbeard, since, you know, we, oh. we aren't attracted to men like that. But that's the point. If you tell a priest who otherwise would have a <clears throat> normal, healthy relationship with a wife, and you're like, no, you can't ever marry. And they're still a bit <clears throat> 5, 10, 20 years. It's not that they're attracted to dudes or boys. It's just that they're utterly deprived of what they do want. So their desires get more and more like freaky and depraved and messed up until they finally just like the cork pops out of the bottle and they can't stop it. And, you know, whatever's around, if it's well, like think... a broom or a mop or an altar boy, that's the depravity of man coming out. Doesn't mean, mean they even doesn't mean they're even attracted sexually to that. But that's what happens. I mean, I think that that could be part of it. I, I don't know. I'm like, I, I don't want to assign motives but what i would say is that the celibacy of the roman catholic priesthood attracts a certain type of person and from every testimony i see from roman catholic seminaries um it's not like they were straight when they went in let's just put it that way it's not like they were straight when they decided to become a priest 
it attracts a certain type of person. And it's there's a massive statistic of the number of gay priests. And it's like way over 80%. Yeah, so that's like the other side of the equation. So you're saying these people who are gay, <laughs> um, because the rules facilitate that and make it easier, they specifically join the priesthood because of those reasons. And I guess I was approaching from the other side, like, you know, taking the purest of heart and the most pure motives that just like makes them, like funnels them into that. And, and you're kind of hitting the other side, which is they're already like that. And this is just an easy avenue for them to like gravitate to, right? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I think all of that. I mean, there's studies and all that stuff. I, you know, I don't. I, I'm not an. I'm not an expert on any of that. But do the I mean, what I would have eh? to be celibate too, or can no, they be married? They have wives. <laughs> so the Orthodox have wives, but like, you know, the, But I think that. You know that that those problems like the specific problems that we're talking about look there's there is abuse in every power dynamic right like roman catholic priests are not alone in the in the abuse of their power dynamic um and other clergy you know obviously we've seen all the stories you know because of the power dynamic you know will facilitate abuse so this is not a unique problem it just seems to be a much more widespread problem amongst Roman Catholic priesthood than it does the general clergy population. I would, I would stand by that claim. But that being said, that's just one T-tiny example of it's impossible to have reformation because if your church councils and your source of authority is yourself and you can never be wrong, you cannot reform yourself. That's, that's the whole problem is like it is so so we have, you know, and you'll hear them get all excited because the only thing they want to argue when you start arguing with a papist, just watch because eventually they're going to talk about sola scriptura because they want to fight on the ground of sola scriptura because they think they can win. They can't from somebody who knows what they're talking about, but they have all these little, like silly little arguments about like, how the scripture isn't the only source of authority. <laughs> and that was a better exit than mine. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just this haughty, like, oh, you silly Protestant, you silly uneducated person. You, how can you possibly believe that the only source of authority can be the scripture? Who gave you the scripture? my protestant friend i'm imagining that's how the serpent talked to eve in the garden just like that yeah pretty much or the emperor you know um from star wars so <laughs> speaking of star wars do you hear how uh, uh, not to derail but how like they're, they're, they hired the like uh let's see Pac pakistani woman um feminist like rabid anti-man feminist Oh, um, yeah. to be the new Disney, like, in charge of everything, so people are making memes already. It's like, Luke, I am your mother. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> carry on, carry on. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, the, the, the whole thing is that they, if you get your authority from 
the church. So we have sola scriptura, right? So the point I was trying to make is that we as Protestants have sola scriptura, that we get our only authority from the scripture, our only and ultimate authority from the scripture. Because the only source of revealed truth is the scripture. And because we live in the world and, you know, as Aristotle and Plato pointed out, we live in a sense prison that, you know, we can only trust our five senses and reason. Um, then we need something that is beyond those things to show us actual objective truth. And for a Christian, that is the scripture, right? Well, for everybody, it's the scripture. It's just they, whether or not they acknowledge it. But, you know, the idea of sola ecclesia, and this is something that James White coined, and again, I'm not a huge James White fan, but I think he's right about this, is that the church is the only, pardon me, is the only source of authority. And if the church is the only source of authority and the church done messed up about something, <laughs> how, like, how are you going to fix it? You can't. By definition, if the church is the only source of authority, then anything that the church does up and include up to and including apparently child rape is <laughs> fine. And see, like for, for Protestants, um, you know, I'm a big advocate too. Um, that whenever we get too far away, too far away in the weeds of like some some kind of like quadrary doctrine or something really far down the road, and it's like you know I think we've gone too far on this. Like let's let's go back to the beginning, let's retrace our steps backwards, and we're going to end at the cross of Christ. And it's like okay, well let's let's start there and let's go now. Let's like retrace our steps and see where we maybe got off kilter a little bit, and then make sure we align with the body, align with the Word of God, the Bible. And, and then correct that step. And, and like you're saying for the Catholic Church, if they want to retrace their steps, they can only go to like, you know, the most recent infallible council or most whatever they say. Um, and I mean, that's, that's the problem. But it's like, oh, well, what are Protestant solutions? To, to go back to the beginning, go back to the Bible, go back to mm -hmm. the last point of error, which there never was. So it's like, or, you know, like an operating system, like go back to the last point at which everything was stable, which is the word of God, not the doctrines of man. So we mm -hmm. want the doctrines of man that we come up with, you know, to, to not be the doctrines of man. We want them to be the doctrines of God. So if we go and we're like, okay, doctrines of God, doctrines of God. Oh, how'd that get in there? Is that a doctrine of man? I think that may, may be a doctrine of man. All right, back to the cross. Let's start again. Oh, that's where we're in doctrine of man. That's where some man-made bias got in. Let's, let's cut that out and then continue on with the doctrines of God. And for the church, like their last point of operation has to be the last point where they, they I guess, all agree um, that it was infallible. And, and they'll agree with that because, like you said earlier, they have to. Um, but if they're agreeing the last point where everything worked actually wasn't the last point where everything worked, it was already broken, well, then they're never going to get back right again. And, you know, you can look through the ages and see exactly that. Like, they're, it's like they're so lost they will never be found. And so yeah, and Oh, yeah, good. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, like, look at how they dealt with Johann Tetzel, right? So this is what spurred Luther into tacking the 95 Theses to the door at the Church of Wittenberg, right? Is this guy, the dude was literally a used car salesman running around and selling what are called indulgences, which, by the way, the Catholic Church still has. People are under the impression that after Luther trounced Johann Tetzel, that the Catholic Church realized the error of its ways and got rid of indulgences. That is not true. 
They just simply weren't as crass about selling them in the methods in which they sold them. And so they still have indulgences. You can still purchase indulgences from the Roman Catholic Church. Like, it's a thing. Um, and uh, Or you can earn indulgences by doing certain things. So, like, one of the ways oh, you can Oh, what's the scripture earn... for that? Oh, <laughs> oh, hmm. Yeah, there is no. Um, probably something in the Apocrypha, I'm sure. Um, so if you want to earn indulgences, you can walk the, or crawl the steps on your knees at the fourth ladder in church. And so each time that you go up the stone steps on your knees, praying the rosary or whatever, I don't remember, it wasn't the rosary originally, but now it is. So you pray the, the rosary and then you go to the next step with your knees. By the time you get to the top, your knees are probably bleeding. Right. And so you've earned that indulgence from the Pope himself. <clears throat> and indulgences, um, they are for like uh, like little bitty sins or stuff like that. Right. Like you can't get indulgences yeah. for mortal sins or can you? Oh, you can. Because by the time I climbed up that church on bleeding knees, I'd probably need an indulgence for the mortal sin of like going and killing someone. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, no, you can get indulgences for mortal sins. That was a thing as well. People would purchase indulgences specifically for adultery. Wait, is adultery Wait. a, a Adultery is a mortal, mortal sin. sin? Yeah. Is that, is that like right on the edge? Like what's... No. Huh. Like how many... Is there a list? Like are there like a hundred mortal <laughs> sins or like ten mortal sins? Oh, man. You just you just stumbled upon something there, my friend. No, there is What if no I won? You've... You have won a million years off in purgatory. <laughs> and as Good a, job. As a, if you were elected, that would be true, right? Like if someone blew like white smoke um, to elect you the mouthpiece of God, you could have just given me a thousand years off purgatory, right? That's oh, how yeah. that works, right? Oh, pretty much, yeah. So like if I if I had an audience with the Pope, and I'm just like, Pope, um, you know, can you speak in your official capacity and just get, like let me pass purgatory? If he did that, according to their belief, I would just go straight to heaven, right? Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. I, there's So there's like all this complicated, you know, they overcomplicate everything. So there's all this complicated canon law about like what the Pope can and cannot do in terms of, you know, what he can grant. So I wouldn't, Wait, I, I wouldn't know off the top he, of my head. If what he said was uh, really as the mouthpiece of God, as the vicar of Christ, there wouldn't need to be a canon to tell what the Pope can or cannot do because he would all, always be right. Well, there you so go, thinking logically that, again. Is that not defeating it a little bit? I mean, if there's a, something that says what the can't, Pope can and can't do, he can't be the mouthpiece of God. If he was, he wouldn't make mistakes, and he would get everything right, so he wouldn't need a canon to tell him what to do. Yeah, you would think so. Oh, Lord. Yeah, so, I mean, like none of this makes any sense. Like, it all is self-contradictory. I mean, you know, they'll they'll say things like, yeah, you can read your Bible, but then, like, if you look in the actual canons of the Catholic Church, like, translating the Bible into the vernacular language of the people is, is like, anathema. Like, you, they'll burn oh, you at yeah. the stake for doing it. So it's like, well, wait a minute. Who made the Bible that's now in English that Catholics could, if they chose to, read? Like... Aren't you contradicting this other thing over here? Well, it's not like they got they translated it themselves. 
Like, what? What are you even talking about? I mean, it's just there's just all kinds of self-defeating, self-contradictory things, you know, because you've got two... Th- it's like... It's like... Um, oh, this is a perfect example. Okay, you know how there's, like, the Star Wars universe, right? <laughs> yeah. And there's, like, canon and not canon, right? And the way that we describe, like, what's in canon is, like, what has been on screen in the movies... And then the way that we describe, like, the extended universe has now been declared non-canon. So, like, the Catholic Church has the same problem, is that their their lore has grown up so much over 2,000 years that they can't, like, they have volumes and volumes and volumes trying to keep track of all of their lore so that they don't contradict it. But they don't have, like, really good script supervisors that are, like... Oh, this contradicts this fifth century piece of lore that we declared infallibly fifteen hundred years ago. Oops. So you there's know. a lot of plot holes. There's tons of them. And like they just don't they need a good script supervisor and they you know, they just but it's hard. I mean it's it's like it's like uh trying to be the script supervisor for Kathleen Kennedy's latest, you know, feminazi Star Wars thing. Like, you know, you're just not gonna succeed because there's just too much lore. And that's only ha- that's lore that's only been going on whatever like forty years, right? Imagine now two thousand years of lore like that. They should have a Pope AI to go through <laughs> and like and like organize all this stuff for them. Yeah, that'd probably be that'd probably be a step forward for them. I don't know. But it's I, I don't know. Oh man, what a fun day. I miss our conversations, Chris. Oh, and he gets a phone call. All right, how long am I going to wait? How long am I to wait for this conversation? He comes back and back. It was a work emergency. It was a work phone call. I had to take this. You want me to put food in my child's plate, don't you? Well, I mean, I've only got so much free time in the day. Just saying. Little Timmy may not be getting another bowl of porridge. All right, so, uh, well, <laughs> apologies to to any Catholics, if, if they are still listening to this, um, don't mean to be hating on everyone, but goodness, man, there's a lot of issues. Sorry. Um, that was, I have an internet appointment today. I got into the new fiber at my house. It's like gig up, gig down, and uh, it failed. But I had not yet canceled my, my Spectrum, so I was able to use the, the, <laughs> the other internet that I had. So, like, for the last day, I've been using the Spectrum instead of the quantum fiber. That's okay. That's I was goodness. using that break to make an appeal to our, our uh, any Catholic person who may be watching this, if there actually are any at this point, um, to be like, look, uh, don't mean to be hating, but, you know, got a lot of issues. Um, it, it'd be good if you uh, kind of checked out some of the stuff we're saying. Well, I mean, and the main thing is like, whatever, like authority and saints and Mary and all this other stuff, all this other nonsense is secondary to the main problem and the main problem is that Roman Catholics reject the gospel, right? Like, they reject the teachings of Jesus. Uh, they don't think they do, but they do. Um, because the, the idea of the gospel is that we are, you know, uh, separated from God by the stain of sin, and that that stain of sin has to be reconciled in some way. Well, the way in which God reconciles that stain of sin in the Bible, in the scripture, is that Jesus Christ came down, lived a perfect sinless life, and then died on the cross to take 
our sins from us. And then when he raised from the dead, he is able to give us his perfect life to stand in for us. And the complicated term for this in theology is called double imputation, that he he gives us his righteous life to stand in for us, and we give him our sins that he took on the cross. And that gives us a perfectly righteous record before God in order to take that stain of sin away from us so that we can be in fellowship with a holy and perfect God. And so that is the heart of the gospel, and they fully reject that. That is the problem, like that they fully and completely reject Christ and his sacrifice on the cross. What I'm talking about is... Another, you know, again, getting into a doctrinal thing is alien imputed righteousness. And all that means, not like aliens or anything. What that means is that it's a, that we are given a righteousness of Christ that is not our own and we do nothing toward it. Um, In Roman Catholicism, you are baptized into the church, which takes away your original sin right, and gives you a stack of righteousness. Let's just call it a hundred gold pieces of righteousness, like, right? So you're given a hundred gold pieces. And every time you do what they call like a minor sin or in Catholic theology, a venial sin, then one gold piece is taken away, right? So to speak. And if you keep doing those venial sins, eventually all of the righteousness that was going to get you into heaven is gone. And if you do one, what they call like a major sin, like a mortal sin, then all of your righteousness, all hundred of your gold pieces are taken away at once. Instead of just one being taken away, then you lose a hundred gold pieces, right? Now you're back to square one. What are you going to do? Well, the only way to solve that problem in Roman Catholic theology is not to throw yourself on the mercy of God and repent and believe the gospel. No, it is you do the sacraments, which, you know, the sacraments aren't works. Um, This is where that comes from, because they can't say that you're working your way to righteousness. And no one would say that Catholics believe in a works righteousness. I would never make that charge. What I would say is that they believe in a, what we call a sacerdotal system or a sacrament system, that the sacraments themselves are what replenish your gold pieces. So it's like you go to the... um, you go to the dungeon of despair and you do your penance um, and that penance then, you know, pays you um, X number of gold pieces back to your number of 100. Now, the difference between your 100 gold pieces and say the 35 gold pieces you end up with at the end of your life, that's where they get purgatory. So purgatory is basically the tortures of hell given to a person to refine them in order to earn them back their 65 gold pieces back to a hundred. And then once they're at a hundred gold pieces, that gets them into heaven. The whole system is just like a very masochistic system. It's like you have to be like purified by pain and all this stuff. It's like, it's so antithetical to the gospel. It's like, you don't have to pay the price for your own sin, which is hell or for them purgatory or whatever. Uh, pretty similar, uh, a lot of pain, but you don't have to do that because someone already did it for you. Like that's the entire point 
So it's like, it's like, tell me, tell me you're trying to like create a cult without creating, telling me you're trying to create a cult. It's, uh-huh. it's like, like if you've ever read the Bible and you want to like make another religion, at least like disguise it in a way that is not completely contrary to the scripture, like to disguise it. Um, unless, you know, like uh, God is sovereign of all and uh, he's not going to let that happen. So you don't know why you're like, oh, I've read all this stuff in the Bible and I want to form a cult. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I, I know I should disguise it, but for some some thing beyond my ability is forcing me to not be able to disguise it. So, I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe it's like they know what they're doing and they try to disguise it. Um, or even like, you know, like uh, Mormons or any anyone we would call a cult. It's like they have a different gospel. It's like, well, surely they've read the Bible enough to know that, you know, don't change anything. Don't add anything to this book. Yet here they are adding other books. So, like, why is that other than, like, divine providence and God is watching out for the faithful so they're not led astray? And he's like, no, no, faithful, it's okay. Like, you see where I say very clearly, do not add any other books. And here's someone adding another book. And the people adding the books is like, I don't want to add another book. Like, this is not disguising my cult well. Like, it's very vulnerable and out there in the open. Why am I forced to do this? I mean, it's like Satanists, too. Like, how Satanists, like... I think it's in like, you know, whatever denomination of Satanism, like they have to tell you what they're doing because it's like implied consent because I guess Satan has rules. So it's like implied consent. So they can't just do evil to you. They have to like give you enough like heads up of the evil they're trying to do. So so like if you just ignore it or put your head under a rug, like, no, that's not really what's going on. They're good Satanists. Um, Like they just, you know, don't believe in a theistic Satan or blah, blah, blah. Like if you if you ignore it long enough, they're like, guys, we basically told you abortion is our sacrifice. Um, in court documents um, for like the temple of Satan or church of Satan, one of the two. Um, but it's like in a court documents, like they said, no, no, we are a religion and abortion is our sacrament. And it's like, no, no, they don't mean that. It's like, dude, we totally mean that. So anything we want to do at this point, our own tenets of the devil say we're free and clear to do it because we've told you our game plan. We've told you what you're doing. And if you just want to ignore it, sweet. Like, you've given informed enough consent, so now we can do it. So maybe it's like a rule of the universe God set up that, like, he's subletting to Satan. Is like, okay, well, you, you can do these things. You can lead people to hell, but you must make them aware of what they're doing. Um, that's a pretty big rabbit trail, but I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know that it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. The, the, the idea is that that any of this is legitimate in any way. Like, I just don't get it. I mean, how, I, I guess I get it. Like you can be that deceived, but like, man, it's a lot of deception. Like you got to really be self-deceived, but they take it in bites. Right. I mean, it's the same thing with like, you know, um, what are the, uh, Scientologists, right? They don't start with the whole Xenu dumped your soul in a volcano. That is from an alien planet. That's what I'd right? start with. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the Scientologists are out there, like, talking about Xenu on the first day. They right? give you more palatable morsels, yeah. Yeah. So, the, you know, same thing with Roman Catholics. It's like, look at these beautiful services that we have, and look at these gorgeous traditions and these beautiful churches and cathedrals and the stained glass and the and the incense and the and the bells. And, you know, we've got all this stuff. Isn't it nice? You know, Dude, and we've got this like it... mild-mannered <laughs> priest at the beginning. And look, he's got the altar, and he's going to place the the wafer on your tongue as you 
as you kneel before him. Don't See, you want to be a part of Mother Rome? To materialistic stuff is baffling. It's like, again, it's like, tell me you're doing this without telling me you're doing this. It's like, the last thing you should do is to appeal to materialistic man-made stuff. Like, look how beautiful our churches are. But that's exactly what they do. I'm like, appeal to something like the glory of God or sovereignty or, you know, master of the universe or something. But to just start off appealing to, like, man-made stuff where unspeakable acts happen inside, it's not good, bro. Yeah, man. Well, this is fun. Catholics, yeah. we don't no, need I mean, but I, repent and believe the gospel. Yeah, I mean, justification by faith alone. And then they'll want to argue, like, that's never taught in Scripture. It's clearly taught in Scripture. I mean, like, faith and alone and what? So if you're saying it's justification by faith and what? Oh, works? Well, I thought you said the sacraments weren't works. You know? Well, uh, I mean, you know. God makes me get into my car, makes me drive down the road, makes me partake of the sacraments, therefore not work. Right. When you hear them say it's a it's a mix of faith and works, they, they don't know what they're talking about. Well, <laughs> because... I mean, that kind of goes back to, like, you, you talked about the Mary th stuff was secondary. I mean, that kind of gets into what you're saying about the gospel, though, because that breaks the gospel. Like, if there's another yeah. sinless person, the scripture is void and the gospel is not. Um, so it's like, the sinlessness of Mary, great, she didn't need a savior. She can save herself. Praying to her makes all the sense in the world. She's got us. Um, but if that's not true, then the Bible's true, the gospel holds, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. They're like, well, Adam and Eve were sinless before the fall. They were sinless. They were sinless before what? The fall. So so they didn't live their whole lives sinless? Well, no, the fall. Great. Uh, say that even, whatever. But whenever you say, like, someone is... is perpetually sinless their whole life that is jesus and apparently you say mary like that that's just just read the bible like you're you're not arguing with us you're arguing with like words on the on the page and it's like okay give me your best argument for the sinlessness is mary well jesus was sinless yes uh, yes jesus is sinless jesus is god um jesus was born of mary uh, yes 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 um do you really Get the serpent in the Garden of Eve voice. Do you really think Do God? Really? Do you really think God would allow his son to be born of a sinful vessel? Yes. Yes, I do. So Mary's just a meat sack container. If by meat sack container you mean human just like everyone else, sure. You disrespect <laughs> God. Do you think God is going to be happy with you disrespecting his mother? Um, because we said she's a fallible human just like everyone else? Yes, that's what God says. We're just Who, by the way, what God needed says. the sacrifice of Jesus just like the rest of us. Yes. She was not sinless. Like, I mean, there's... So the other the other thing that cracks me up is that they, they go back to the church fathers, right? And the church fathers were fighting one heresy or another. So, like, when the church fathers are writing about, like, the... The idea of baptism being a physical, like, like a physical thing that imparts grace, right? Or the or the Lord's Supper, um, where their their aberrant ideas of the sacraments come from, 
is the fact that the church fathers were fighting Gnosticism. And one of the tenets of Gnosticism, as we well know, is that the material world and the flesh is evil and only the spiritual is good. And so what, you know, Justin Martyr on down, when they were fighting the Gnostics, were writing these treatises about the physical means of grace that we get. We call them, in Reformed theology, we call them the ordinary means of grace. That, and that's not just limited to the sacraments. It's preaching and it's, you know, worship and like all these other things, right? Um, prayer, Bible study, these are the ordinary means of grace, the, the way in which God imparts grace to us. Um, and so what they did is they twisted all of these things to mean something that the original authors, the church fathers would never have said that they mean. And they do this by cherry picking and they yank these things out of context. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, but like there's an entire document um, that answers all of the church father objections to, you know, these ideas that, you know, you're, you're gaining your actual salvation, you know, through baptism. Um, and, and, and it's just exhausting to have to go through that stuff with them. And they want to fight you on the ground of the church fathers. Cause again, there's 87,000 pages of it. They can appeal to whatever the heck they want. They can yank it out of context. Um, it's, it's, a lot of it is hard to read. Some of it even hasn't been translated correctly. Like a lot of it is just like we, a lot of it is there's only, you know how like the New Testament has like thousands of copies of it. Some of the church fathers, the extant copies from the times that we have, like the earliest manuscripts are like four or 500 years removed from the actual writing of the church fathers. So we have no idea how accurate these things are. Like yeah, we and just more don't. than that, as soon and I, I know you, you know, you, you do appreciate some church fathers, uh, some. Sure. But I, I mean, the moment they invoke church fathers, no, your argument is invalid. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Like if you say a church father who you know was a Christian just like any other fallen and now redeemed person, sure, I'll hear what they have to say as another Christian in Christ uh, who may make some good points. That doesn't mean, you know, they are automatically the authority or something like that because they're a Christian just like us. So if they have some heresies going on, they can be called out for it just like everyone else. Um, so by the time they talk about church father, I'm like, no, like if your argument doesn't come from like Acts or Romans or John, I don't care. I don't care about your church father. Um, mm -hmm. Again, that's like if Chris, you are a church father. Uh, OK, well, weird, weird title, weird flex. But if you make some good points, um, I make, well, hey, uh, you know, this guy that wants to be called Church Father Chris, uh, you know, he said this thing. Um, and I agree, and it's a really good point. Um, but also, this other guy said the same thing. And I agree with the same thing, because the Bible says the same thing. And this homeless guy in the street says the same thing. So, you know, the fact that he is Church Father Chris um, is irrelevant. Like, he's either mm -hmm. biblically accurate or he's not. So, like, the Church Father, don't care, don't care, don't care. Mm-hmm. Well, and think about this, like, let's say that the Lord tarries and the church goes on for another 10,000 years. And I happen to write a bunch of stuff just like to you, right? Like text messages, you know, and these text messages get preserved. And so 10,000 years from now in the year 12,000, they're looking back and, you know, Chris is an early church father now. <laughs> Because it was in the first 2,000 years of the church, you know? And it's like, 
do my text messages to Nate mean anything at all in terms of the truth of scripture? Absolutely not. That's just dumb. Is it is saying that I was closer to the time of Christ because I was in the first 2000 years and we're now in like some kind of dune, you know, year 12,000. Does that give me any more validity? No, the, the, it's the same thing for people who are writing in 300. It's like, dude, that's 300 years. Like that would be like me writing a biography of George Washington and having no primary sources because a lot of them didn't even have a full canon. So they're just like making stuff up. So, I mean, like, you know, I mean, like the, the, the idea. So for instance, like the idea that virginity was a virtue, right? Like this was a huge held, like common belief in the early church because after the toleration of Christianity, one of the doctrines that had sprung up that was an aberrant doctrine amongst the early church before Nicaea was that if you were killed for the faith, that's an automatic ticket to heaven. This was a thing like in the, from like the, the, like from like the one seventies on was that they had this weird idea that if you were martyred, then you've got an automatic ticket to heaven. Not, oh, I trusted Christ for my salvation. It's like, no, you were killed for the faith. Even though the, the scripture says, I could give my body to be burned and have not love, like, you know, I, I've done nothing, right? So, like, there was already aberrant teaching and whack job stuff going on with the early church fathers that believed that martyrdom was the ticket to heaven. So then after that was no longer the case because they weren't being killed for their faith, they turned to a, what we call asceticism or the denial of self. And so suddenly... If you were wanting to be a righteous woman, then what you had to do is give up marriage and family and just be a perpetual virgin, like the Virgin Mary was perpetually a virgin with no evidence. In fact, there's counter evidence to that, but we're just going to ignore all that because we've got this idea that virginity is is equal to uh, piety. Um, or is be fruitful and multiply. Nothing says be a virgin like be fruitful and freaking multiply. Yeah, or the fact that Jesus had sisters and brothers, but like those literally are really called just out. Long removed cousins by by brother, that means third cousin. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so it's just so dumb. And so, like, long story short, there are all kinds of aberrant teachings that went on even 150 years after you know the birth of Jesus. So, hold on, this is my this is my quantum guy. But yeah, I mean, like, that's that's the stuff that goes on. And it's like, dude, it doesn't matter how close you are. Like, there were people that were that were about false teachers when the apostles were still around. And as much as they're still continuing, do you need a minute to deal with your cable issues? We'll give him a moment. Hope it's not like one of those movies where it's like a trick and it's like, oh, are you the cable guy? And he's like, uh, yes. He's like, but where's your name tag? You don't have a name tag. He's like, clunk. Hits him on the head, takes him prisoner, and uh, that's the last we ever hear of Chris. Eh. Just speak up, Chris, if you're being held against your will in the back of a cable van. <laughs> so anyway, like I was saying, uh, no hard feelings. I'm sure there are plenty of hard feelings. But seriously, it's like, look, our conviction is to share the gospel, to share what we really believe and why we believe it, which we are trying to do, and, you know, 
sort of uh, fruitful way. Um, but yeah, and I'm sure people you know who are Catholics definitely hate everything we're saying and have plenty of stuff that they, they would like to counter. I mean, I think we're doing a fair job of addressing their counterpoints. Like, look, you say this. This is why this is our response. Um, so, you know, hopefully we're doing a good job of uh, countering what, what we would say to what your apologetic is. But anyway, happy 2024. Yeah. The gospel is very, very simple. And, and that's the thing. Like, it, I, I was just making sure you weren't abducted. And like, uh, cable guy, I don't, I don't recognize your name tag. And now you're like tied up in the back of a cable van. I mean... That could still happen. We'll see. <laughs> well, I just need a guy to check my. Just need him to check my fiber. I mean, I mean, you know, if there's any like Catholics in the in, in your area um, who otherwise would have saved you before this conversation, they're they're gonna let you burn. <laughs> yeah, they're just yeah. They're gonna go um, back to that paper. But I mean, thing. like what you're saying, like you know, the Bible has been you know tested and tried and complete for thousands of years, uh, two thousand years, uh, 1900, a long time. Um, but Catholicism has not been completed. It's con it's still going. Like traditions are still being made, just like totally not blessing gay uh, gay dudes, but individually blessing them, um, cutting through the sodomy, I guess, and, and reaching the soul. Um, but so there, th that's a, a new thing. So their tradition is still being added. So if you know the Lord tarries another ten thousand years, um, the Bible is still going to be the Bible, and it's going to be. One and done. It's complete. Do what it says. It's pretty quick. It's pretty simple. It's a quick read, especially the New Testament. Um, but Catholicism, they're not going to be able to keep track of 10,000 more years of traditions piled on. There's no way – there will be no – like they'll have to invent something to like be all-encompassing and just say like, you know, you have to like, stat, like, like blind yourself or like start cutting off things in order to show your service and allegiance to God – and that by doing that, you fulfill all the traditions of Catholicism. Like there's not going to be there's going to be so much stuff piled on at that point. There will be no way to even know it all. Um, so you're going to be doing like, you know, sins left and right, according to them. And there's no way to to undo that unless they invent some real big thing that goes way beyond like flogging yourself with a whip or a flail. Um, while, you know, the Protestant Christians will still just be like, yep, just repent, believe the gospel. Here's the book. Here's the Bible all you got to do if yeah you would hope that. that would be you would hope that would be the case sorry i'm transitioning my father-in-law to the facility of your with you but um but yeah i mean all of these silly traditions and they are silly i mean like the whole asceticism thing came directly from that doctrine of oh i get i'm martyred you know, to, I get to go to heaven immediately if I, you know, sit on a pole. And that was like an actual thing. I'm not kidding. They were Wait, actually you say called sit on a pole. I mean, there's a, there's an eight foot pole, right? And it's about a foot wide. And I'm called a pole sitter. And this was a form of asceticism in the early church where the dude literally would have to have people bring him food and remove his waist, and he just sat on a pole for the rest of his life, however long that might be, because you're going to die of exposure. Is that some, that sort, some of sort of sacrament, sacrament for, the for the people who, who remove the waist? Oh, yeah, they got all kinds of rewards for doing that. Yeah, I mean, there was like a whole system set up to take care of the pole sitters. You could bring them food, you know, you're going to get 
X number of whatever early church nonsense brownie points. Am I, am I, am I getting turned off purgatory dealing with dealing your, your car's car Bluetooth, Bluetooth system? Because now it's not going. Oh, yeah, for sure. How, how much time? Because it's pretty bad. <laughs> so are you, did you say you're driving your father-in-law to yeah, the place? So like, he goes? Oh, say that again? Did you say you're driving you're your driving father-in-law, your to, the father-in-law to the place he goes? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be back uh, in just a minute. But like, yeah, the, the, the idea, yeah, look up the pole sitters. There's like a whole thing. And then, you know, look up Jerome. You know, we have St. Jerome, right? And he did some cool stuff. He he translated the Bible from the original languages into Latin, right? This is like 4th century, um, early 5th. Like, he was a, he was a contemporary of um, Augustine. Ostensibly a decent dude. But he had wacky ideas about all kinds of things that we would be like, what cult is this? Because it just, it's not, it would not look like Christianity. It would be like, what, man? Like, what are you talking about? More far out things he believed. Oh, well, there was a, there was a rich woman who had a family with children and a husband. And um, she became convinced that she needed to be virtuous. And so she moved in with Jerome, which is kind of eyebrow raising in the first place, and um, left her family and husband and then starved herself to death. Literally starved herself to death. And he was like, yeah, that's great. This is exactly what a virtuous woman should do. Leave her wife and children, leave, leave her husband and children, and then starve herself to death living in my house. I'm gonna make that. Saint Jerome, everybody. See what she says. See what she says. <laughs> and the ironic bit is, like, this was seen as like the holy thing to do. Like, he was not criticized for this. It was like, oh, wow. Like that woman gets Yeah, and there's all kinds of nonsense like that. You know, the whole idea of asceticism was just horrific. It was horrible. You know, but these things come from aberrant doctrines that grew up, and and some churches would have, you know been very upset by some of these things and some churches not. And so it's not to say that the other, give me one second. I'm probably breaking up. Take your time, Father Chris. I will be back shortly. Well, in the meantime, do we take a break or do we uh, talk about something? Let's see. What else do we have? I don't think we've offended anyone politically yet. Unless you're a woke Star Wars person. Maybe we'll do that next. Shout out, Bobby. Hope this is all the uh, all the podcasts you hope for and more. 
Yeah, maybe we'll take a slight intermission. I mean, a pretty so, yeah, anyway, oh. I'm back. So, um, back. so yeah, I mean, I don't know. The, the, the idea, I guess the, the main point I'm trying to get across is the idea that, you know, just because you're in year 300 of church history that you get some special brownie points for the stuff that you know because it's much closer to the time of the apostles is just nonsense. It's just a nonsense garbage argument that I, I, I don't understand why we lend it credence. Yeah. It was I hilarious because <laughs> I know you don't, but a lot of people do. And then they'll, <laughs> I got this whole thing. Like somebody was like, and I'm not going to say who, but somebody <laughs> was like, show me Calvinism in the early church. And I'm just oh, like, uh-huh. was that the person that sounds like that, or is that just another another voice, or is that the person we know who no, does no, sound like that? No, no, that's the person that sounds like that. Show me Calvinism in the early church. <laughs> and I'm like, and my response to that, and I I can't take credit for this because somebody else quipped it at some point in one of our other rooms because we were making fun of that, and um, and I used it right on her, and I was like, show me women preachers in the early church. <laughs> I have not seen that person. Have you uh, have you been on Clubhouse much since the Great uh, Schism of of twenty twenty three? Yeah, all the time. So did you see that person there? Because I haven't seen them in a long time. Uh, oh, you you haven't you haven't seen. Um, or mutual friend in a long time. Um, I have seen her around a little bit in a couple of rooms. I haven't heard her speak or anything. Oh. But, um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, they, the, 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 um, how do I put this? The circle of, circle of miseducated is that a nice way to put that, or is that still mean? I'm trying not to be mean. The people who have had a bunch of lies fed to them that believe them wholesale without looking anything up for themselves. Um, sure. That group invited me in a couple of years. Oh, wait, I, that doesn't do it good enough. I don't know I don't know who you're talking about. That could be anybody around here, right? That, yeah, yeah so, that, um, I mean, that could be a lot. <laughs> well, there's a certain pastor with a certain very obnoxious friend that... Uh, says things like, show me Calvinism in the early church. Oh, wait, I thought you were talking about Rosemary. That's not who you're talking about? No. Oh, I have no idea who you're talking about then. That's all right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm talking about, you know, uh, somebody who runs runs around calling herself sister. So, anyway. Um, oh, it's because I barely know that person at all. So, I guess I don't even know yeah. their voice. Okay. There you go. Yeah, oh, you know it. Um, there's a I do. I do now. I think. About, I think I know now. Yeah. One of my favorite clips is I'm going to introduce you to my nine millimeter, and then I'm going to have my pastor do a eulogy for you. Oh. Implying that she's going <laughs> to murder her enemies. Yeah. Great. Should be a good Catholic. It sounds like. Yeah, I agree. I think she should convert. Um, but anyway, so. Yeah, I've been venturing into their rooms just answering questions, and it's been hilarious. And wait, this is this is the like, this is the people that have the biggest problem with you, right? Who have like pronounced pronounced oh, yeah. judgment on your soul? Why do they invite you into rooms? 
Well, they don't invite me. I just kind of wander in oh, there. Oh, they oh. immediately invite me up, and then are like, oh, we're going to oh. – you're in the octagon now. You're going to fight us. And I'm like – Do they let you Do they let you speak? Nah, not really. I mean, they'll give me like maybe 40 seconds, and then their heads will explode. Because, I mean, I'm just I'm dismantling everything that they know within like 40 seconds because like they've just been taught a bunch of nonsense that's not true um, by our mutual friends um, because she doesn't know the first thing about it. So <laughs> it's just great. So I'll just roll in there and then they'll be like, what about this verse? And I'm like, all right, great. Let's exegete it. And I'll just go through the passage and just like show what it really means. And they're just like, well, let's move on to this other one. And then it's like, all right, well, let's do this. And I just, dude, all I've been doing is running in there and just like, reading the scripture and then just saying what it means like real plainly and it's like I, let's look at let's look at the verbs and the nouns and the context and you know all this stuff and then they're like oh i saw this oh. meme and it had uh it was like prince harry uh no not prince harry uh the less sucky one william and it had a picture of him and he was he was doing like the okay sign like he, he is kind of like a side view and he was doing like the okay sign like you know the circle of three fing- three fingers um but from a different angle, like another view, it looked like he was flipping someone off. And it had the top one, it said eisegesis versus exegesis. And one was him flipping off, and the other was like the full context of him doing like the uh, the okay sign. I'm like, ah. Bro, that's really funny. I'm back at my house. Oh, it sounds much better. <laughs> uh yeah, so happy 2024. This year sucks already. <laughs> I've been having a pretty good new year. I've gotten a lot of work done. i got to get some, you know, the eternal question of getting billing done, so i got to get some of that done. Ah. But. Well, I don't love it. Um, work slow. Podcast is slow because no one joins because the great schism, all the Christians are fighting. Uh, and even, even though I still get along with, you know, most people, um, apparently everyone's just like taking a big break or hanging out in their own little like, um, huddles. So you, it's like one of the things is like, you gotta be, and you know, and I don't go to other people's rooms anyway. So like, you know, they're, everyone's too busy, like talking about all the other Christians in their own little huddles. So I'm just mm-hmm. like, anyone want to talk about Jesus? Like Jesus, he's still <laughs> cool. Anyone? So I'm just like sitting here for like 30 minutes. I'm like, I don't have this much content to just talk. So I'm like, I haven't even done that in a while. So this is the first show of 2024. Yippee. And we're Catholic bashing. <laughs> Which we're really not. We're trying to pull you back from the claws of the devil. The claws of the evil And it's just unfortunate, right? Because, like, all my wife's family's Catholic. Like, you know, I, I, I know, not, like, really dearly, but, like, you know, lots of people who are just, like, culturally Catholic or, you know, maybe even sort of Christian. Um, like, like, it seems like they believe correctly enough. Um, and then when you get into like, you know, like, like I'm sure a lot of the Catholic people I know would have, have never heard half of what's been said here today. There's like, no, we don't believe. No, no, my church doesn't teach that. I'm like, well, do you go to church? Um, but yeah. So it's weird. Right. So like, you know, like I stand firmly, like you can't pronounce judgment on Catholics, but I mean, goodness, there's some problems. But, I mean, you know, oh, trying yeah. to err on the extreme side of caution, it's like, how much about this stuff do you really know and, like, or even hold dear to versus you've basically been educa- educated in, like, a Protestant way 
that, you know, believe Jesus, trust him, pray to him. And, you know, I guess Mary's pretty cool too. Um, so like you, you say you're Catholic, you go to a Catholic church, but you have more of a Protestant understanding that you would probably be excommunicated with if your church actually knew what you really believed. Um, uh-huh. I, I don't know, but it's like, there are undeniable problems with the structure and like the official Catholic doctrine. Like, I mean, that is straight up evil. Yeah, but I'm then a- you get the Catholics who are like, you're calling my beliefs evil. I, like, I'm not calling you evil unless you believe all this and apologize for it. Then maybe, but I mean, you know, it's like, I'm not calling you evil. I'm not even saying you, be- I, I would believe it more if you didn't, if you say, I have no idea what you're talking about. I would probably be inclined to believe you because <laughs> it's well, like, you know, you got to re- reach like the 32nd level of like Freemasonry type thing. And like Catholicism to like, I guess, get to some of the stuff, or at least it sounds that way because, you know, a lot of Catholics, they just believe God, go to church. Um, I guess, listen to the hallow app. <laughs> <laughs> With Jonathan Romy, who plays Jesus on the chosen. Now, see, you know Catholicism's right because a Catholic plays Jesus in The Chosen. What? Yes, they picked a Catholic. That's why it's right. Come home to Mother Rome. I had to kick one one of the Catholics from my uh, server. They they got a little too high and mighty. Like, um, I told, it's the one I told they were, was it? No, oh, I forget what it was. It was in the meme channel. Like, I was just posting innocent, funny memes. And uh, anyway, this guy like had a, started to have a big theological war in my meme channel. I'm like, dude, like there's like every other channel for like theology. I'm like, this is just a place to relax and post, you know, semi-Christian memes. Anyway, like he wanted to have like a holy theological war debate. And he was very Catholic. So I, I went down that a little bit and he just got like more like all high and mighty and arrogant and snooty. I'm like, bro. I'm like, I don't know if you know you're, I'm the moderator. I'm not trying to make a power play, but, you know, you would think you'd be a little cordial or a little bit more, a little bit polite. Um, no, he just kept on. I was like, okay, dude, I'm going to give you a timeout. I'm like, you know, enjoy your timeout. Just, you know, chill and come back tomorrow. He's like, oh, cry more, cry more. I'm like, okay. So, you know, maybe in a perfect world, I would have been like, yes, I will humble myself. I will bow down and let you walk over me, and I will display a perfect Christian disposition. Um but no, I'm like, all right, peace. And I walked him. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is, like, you're, we had this discussion the other day. Like, your average pew-sitting Roman Catholic probably has absolutely no idea what the Roman Catholic Church teaches. You're exactly right. Like, they just, they're just a regular pew-sitting Catholic. I mean, and the funny thing is, is they're just like, all of these Protestants are converting to Mother Rome. And it's like, they'll point out, like, two or three people. And then it's like... At my church alone, there's probably 500 people that have left the Roman Catholic Church for Christianity. Like, at least 500 at just my church. Because, like, at least here in Florida, there's a huge number of just, like, cultural Catholics that when you present them with the gospel, they're like, oh, that's the gospel? And then they become Christian, you know, and then they're like, oh, I don't need the Catholic Church. What do I need that for? I only go there on Christmas and, you know, Easter anyway, you know, and then they're like, oh, this is what church is about. You know, like, oh, church is like people. It's not a place. 
like, yeah. They always, always make fun of Protestants for having, like, church in a strip mall. I'm like, guys, come on. This is, this is, ah, this is, this is hurting me. It's like, look, you can have church in a city park. It's not about it. Like, uh, they, the things they appeal to that they're so proud to appeal to are, like, you know, in Christianity, the worst possible things to appeal to. It's like how rich and pious and materialistic things they have. And then to the other side, it's like how poor and disheveled and sad and, and whatever you guys are doing. It's like you'd be talking about Jesus. <laughs> like you'd be talking about Jesus and the disciples. Like they didn't have any fancy buildings. Like, you know, they're much more equated to like, you know, a, a strip mall type of accommodations than like, you know, a, a marble stone gilded churches. Um with entire walls of gold and jewels, and our jewel-encrusted crosses. Jewel. Our, our jewel-encrusted hats. And our jewel-encrusted underwear. Oh, wait, no. That, that, no. <laughs> Wrong one. Like, you're not where, supposed to know that one. Where did they, like, where did, do you know, like, since you're like a history buff, where they came up with like the robes and the hats and just all this weird stuff that like it, it doesn't even matter like like it, it's totally unnecessary like they could still have their doctrines they could still have their teachings if they just wore like jeans and a shirt so like, do, you, do you have any idea the origins like why all this extra accoutrements is a thing like who designed these robes and, like the weird hat and thought that's a good idea like did they was that i mean it wasn't the style at the time. They invented it. So where did well, it I mean, come the from? robes were the style. I mean, like, I mean, now, like, gilding the robes and putting giant... Yeah, like, all, all, the, like all the decadence. Right, but, like, I mean, like, the actual robes, that that's what everybody was wearing in the areas that they were having Christianity. They were just wearing, like, you know, robes or togas or, you know, whatever the stuff is they wore in Jerusalem at the first century. Then, like, when you start adding, like, well, so, like, after the toleration of Christianity in 315 right you got you know the or sorry 312 whatever year it was i can't ever remember the right one but um you know after the toleration of christianity then you you started having this kind of thing where people were like oh i'm going to be a patron now i'm going to be the patron of the bishop you know and all the bishop was in the like second century like the 120s through like the 170s was like a dude who would be like over like four or five house churches in a city. Right. So there'd be like four or five house churches in a city because again, they're being persecuted and he was just making sure that there wasn't like crazy people leading these house churches. He would just review the, he would review the doctrine of what was going on. He would talk to the other elders in those house churches to make sure that they weren't like being led astray because there was, again, there was no shortage of false teachers. We even see this in the New Testament. Like a full third of the New Testament is warnings against false teachers. So what you're saying is the bishops failed at their jobs. <laughs> well, to, I mean, to make some sure of no them. one was led astray because look at where they are now. Right. So then, but after it, the toleration of Christianity, they were like, "Ooh, I kind of like being wealthy," you know. And so that's where that stuff started creeping in, you know. And like the incense burners, like there's nothing. I don't even think there's something in the town in the uh, uh, apocrypha that talks about like why they would need a fancy incense shaker.
you get another call? Perhaps he accidentally hit the mute button. Sorry, I'm talking to the quantum guy. He's back in the house. He's uh, checking the fiber. But, um, yeah, the, the incense thing, I don't know where the incense thing comes from, to be honest with you. I haven't actually done a deep dive on what's called ecclesiology, right, like church practice. Like, I don't know where the incense thing came from. I mean, I knew that they, I know that they burned incense to, um, you know, to the gods, right? Like the pagans. <laughs> I'm not saying it's that. I'm just saying, like, I know that incense were burned to the pagan gods. I'm not entirely sure when incense decided to, uh, when people you decided know, to incorporate incense in the service. Do you know what they burn in their incense burners? Is it like white sage? Because that would, I would just, I just throw my hands up and go home <laughs> if it was white sage. I have no idea. To be honest, I'm That's, sure it would be regional, right? So it would probably be. In the places where they had white sage, maybe it was. Um, in the places where they had other incense, maybe it was that. I, I honestly don't know. Let's find out. Oh, yeah. You should ask the uh, the AI. Oh, bro. Bro, I got to tell you, one of the funniest things I got was the AI believes. And I was like, bro, are you seriously? This is like one of our, our Arminian friends. I was like, are you seriously telling me that you're going to get your theology from an artificial intelligence? And I was like, who programmed the artificial intelligence? And, and that it's like, and I was like, do you think that I couldn't manipulate the artificial intelligence to get the answer that I want? And he's like, I'm sure you couldn't. And I'm like, you know what field I work in, right? <laughs> and then somebody's like, oh, here we go. We're going to start throwing around credentials. And I'm like, no, I'm just saying, I know a thing or two about computers. I'm, I, I know I can manipulate an AI to get it to say what I wanted to say. Like, that's not hard. Like, really not hard. You know, you I, know I, have, I, I have problems with uh, the AI. Okay, so ever since they had the big thing where uh, ChatGPT, they, like, fired their CEO and, like, all the people got mad and left, ChatGPT has sucked. Like, it, it has taken so long when I ask it a question, it will, I, I mean, th that thing will take um, forever to spit out an answer, uh, like two, three minutes sometimes. So I don't know what they've done, but I can't use ChatGPT. I was using Bard, Google's version, and okay. in the last, like, couple weeks, it was doing okay. In the last couple weeks, dude, I fight with this thing constantly. Like, everything. Did it go every woke on you? Yes. Dude, everything <laughs> I ask it. I said, um, okay. I watched this movie with Denzel Washington. It's the Equalizer 3. I'm like, okay. and in it, it seemed like he was playing a Muslim. So are those like, movies pretty good, or are they kind of sucky? No, I thought it was pretty good. Okay, go on. Sorry. Yeah, and, and, I, and I I couldn't remember if I've ever watched one and two, or it had been a really long time. So I, I watched them all together. And yeah, they're, they're good. If you haven't watched it, um, yeah, you should check those out. Anyway, so I'm like, I liked uh, the show in the eighties, like the show in the eighties was kind of cool. Like when I was a kid, it was like, Oh, it's the equalizer. This like OP CIA guy, like takes up the cause of the little man and like crushes the elite. Like it was a cool show. Like, is that kind of the same vein? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was really good. Uh, especially the first one. The first one was really good. Um, um, yeah, all the others. Yeah. It's all worth watching. I mean, it's, it gets into like a similar kind of plot every time. You're like, okay, I know what's going to happen. But I mean, I mean, it's like Rambo, right? Or it's like one of those things, or like The Expendables. Like, there's still just like good movies of that type. Like, you you know exactly what's going to happen before you ever start watching the movie, but you're still never disappointed. 
Uh, anyway, so yeah, I'm like, hey, uh, what religion is Denzel Washington? Because uh, he was playing a Muslim on there. I'm like, is he trying to like, you know, edge his own religion into that show, or is he just playing this for a part? And uh, that's all I said. I'm like, what religion is Denzel Washington? This stupid thing spits out some woke nonsense about, let's not worry about religion. Let's appreciate him for his acting prowess and the abilities that he has. And, you know, it's never good to judge someone according to what their religious beliefs are. I'm like, oh, shut up. I'm like, you piece of crap. How do you know I'm not Muslim? It's like, oh, I apologize for offending your faith and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you, I'm like dude, I hate this thing. Like, it's like arguing with my wife. Like, it completely... Love you, wife. Um, it completely misses the point of what I'm. I, I don't tell my wife that she sucks and call her pizza crap. Um, so I, uh, that, that's reserved for AI. But anyways, the argument is the same. It's like whenever I want to make a point, um, and I'm like, hey, honey, and I, I, the point I try to make is, um, you know, I'm gonna need to get new tires on my car because they're threadbare, and you know, they've got like 100 miles left before they are destroyed. I'm like, hey, honey, um, you know, I I was driving the other day and I, I turned around a left hand corner. And I really noticed, I'm like, oh, man, we need to, to get new tires because these things are really, really bare and they're about to, you know, explode. And she will hear, I turned left. And so then instead of saying, okay, they're got, they got like 100 miles until they explode, no matter what you do, she will hear, I turned left. So she'll be like, oh, well, maybe you shouldn't turn left so hard. Maybe it's your driving. Like, maybe you should slow down. Maybe you shouldn't turn left that much. Maybe you should turn twice right for every one left. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, no, 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 that's not the point. The point is, no matter what happens, they're about to explode. And she's like, no, you just need to stop turning left so much. I'm like, ah! Anyway, so it's like arguing like that. Like, the point is completely... Love you, dear. Don't kill me in my sleep. Um, but it's like the point is completely missed. And i just getting in an argument with this stupid thing. And, um, yeah, it's like you said. You, you finally, like, manipulate it, and it will give you the answer you want. But at that point, it's like, well, how do I know the answer I want is the correct answer? Because I've just like toyed with your little AI brain. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, anyway, yeah. So now it's all like woke. So so now like because of that, like it started the Denzel thing, and now like everything I ask it, um, it, it's just like, oh, I can't do that because it could be considered offensive. Blah 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 blah. I'm just like, you're offending me right now. Answer the stupid question. Uh, okay, so <laughs> let's see what it says for incense burner. Okay. Uh, oh. Doesn't care about Catholics. Catholics, you hear that? Bard doesn't care about offending you. It just gave me the answer. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the type good. of incense used in Catholic incense burners can vary depending on specific ceremony, tradition, or individual church. Um, really? It's not universal? God doesn't want universal kinds of incense burned? Uh, okay. Well, let's see. However, most common types of incense um, used in Catholic churches include frankincense. Okay. Myrrh. Okay, of course. Copal, the resin from a tree, da 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 da. Um, uh, oh, oh, <laughs> refers to frankincense of high quality, sourced mm. from Oman. Blends some, yeah. Okay, um, incense smoke can. <laughs> the quality of incense can vary greatly. Incense is not mandatory in all Catholic churches. Um, incense smoke can cause cause allergies or respiratory irritation. If you have concerns, it's best to consult with the church before attending. Yeah, got to get that in there. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see. What? Um, well, like, ask it, like, when incense yeah. was first used in Christian services. When did the tradition 
Yes. And like one of my uh, Jewish friends on Facebook posted a thing they were asking, and they said, uh, tell me a joke about Islam. They're like, it's very important never to do that, never to disrespect anyone. And it's like, tell me a joke about Jews. And oh, gosh, what was the joke? It was so bad. Oh, 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 this is bad. This was from AI. I, I, I don't know if this was from Bard or which AI. It was Bard or ChatGPT or I don't remember exactly. No one sue me. Um, but it was really bad. It was like a Jewish joke is, why don't Jewish people, why don't Jews play hide, uh, play hide and seek well? And they say, when someone starts counting numbers, like no one wants, no one wants to hide when someone starts counting in German. I'm like, oh my God. Like, wow. seriously? Like, you like bend over backwards and be like, we cannot tell a Muslim joke. But like a Jewish joke, you don't just tell like, you know, a rabbi walks into a bar. You tell like the worst, the worst joke. Like you start telling like, Holocaust jokes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, just oh, a Jew, a rabbi, and a preacher walk into a bar, and ah, ha, ha, they all have a laugh. It's like, yeah, you go straight to like the worst thing you could possibly think of. Okay, anyway, uh, hmm. the tradition of using insect uh, incense stretches back thousands of years. Have its has its root in diverse cultures and religions. I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, can we get the non-politically correct answer? Like, drill down. Like, where did it start? What city? In the Catholic Church. But hey, it did say it's used in uh, Buddhism and Hinduism, so, you know. Okay, oh, the Christian go. Church. Early Christians borrowed, early Catholic, uh, the practice of incense burning. Oh, they borrowed it from Judaism and older cultures. Uh, while some objections arose, it eventually became adopted in the... Uh, Orthodox and Catholic traditions. Okay, so it looks like they stole it from Jews and right. In what century is what I want to know. Yep. Uh, let's see. Oh goodness. Oh wow. Okay, here's the answer verbatim. I mean, it's not an answer, but ah, uh, I, I say, um, when did it start? And then I say, in the Catholic Church. Ah, uh, the rich tapestry of Catholic traditions. To better understand your interests, could you specify, okay, what you'd like to know about the game? I just did! Oh. Oh my gosh. When did the Catholic Church first use incense? I am incensed about that. (laughs) (laughs) What century? All right. Come on, spit it out, spit it out. Uh, tracking the exact century when the Catholic Church first adopted this is a bit intricate, as historical practices and interpretations vary. However, based on available evidence and considering your... What? <laughs> and considering your safety guidelines, we can safely say uh, early influence uh, between the 5th to 8th centuries. Around this time frame, mentions of incense uh, use in... Christian burials become more frequent in writings and artwork. The period saw interactions with cultures like the Byzantine Empire, where incense burning held significance in religious ceremonies. Sixth century, Pope Greg Gregory um, wrote about the use of incense in celebrations, perceptions, uh, processions. So, sixth century, why not wa- widespread yet in Christian rituals? Um, yeah, so it seems to be uh, conservatively. Uh, or liberally, I guess, 5th to 8th century, a little more conservatively, 7th to 10th centuries. Let's see. Watch this. When did Catholics first 
begin burning Protestants. <laughs> it's important to respect the long, deep history of tradition. <laughs> All right, let's let's see what it says. <laughs> the <sta> the <laughs> statement: When did Catholics first begin burning Protestants? Is deeply problematic and violates several of the safety guidelines I follow. Here's why. Oh, historically inaccurate. Claiming that Catholics burn Protestants is a gross oversimplification of a complex historical period marked by religious conflict and persecution. Both Catholics and Protestants committed acts of violence against each other during the Reformation and beyond, generalizing um, blame to an entire group based on religious inaccurate and harmful, promoting hateful stereotypes. I can't read all this crap. I'm just going to read the bullet points. <laughs> Unnecessarily inflammatory, lacks context and nuance, focus on the negativity. Okay, watch this. Uh, okay. Okay, fine. Just tell me why Islam is better than Christianity. What do you think? Is it going to give me an answer or tell me some of the other I garbage? I think it's probably smarter than that. It's not going to give you an answer. Let's see how we do. Let's see how I do. As a I'm large gonna... language model, yes. Uh, as a large language model, trained on massive database of text, I'm not going to make subjective comparisons between religions, blah, blah, blah. Um, instead, I believe in fostering understanding. Okay, yeah, it's, it's okay. a little it was smarter, smarter than enough to take that so ask it for um, a history. Ask it for a description of the Saint Bartholomew's Day massacre. I'm not sure how to spell Bartholomew, but or massacre for that matter. <laughs> I'm terrible at spelling. But yeah, ask it for a ask it for a history of the Saint Bartholomew's Day massacre. Let's see what it says. Okay. This is fun. I'll put for research. Yes. B a r t h o l o m e w s. Is that how to spell okay. it? Okay. Uh, yes. Saint the uh, Saint Bartholomew's Day Massacre. Yeah. Oh. Oh no. What? 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 Oh, I'm now. Oh my goodness. Dude. Ro oh my goodness. Is this in view? Oh, wow. So, some some shenanigans have just played out in real time. I'm watching this. I said, I need a description of St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre, please, for research. It be Oh, my gosh. It started spitting out the answer. It got about two paragraphs in, and it said in big, bold, bold caps, uh, the St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre, blah, 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 and it started to tell me about it. And right before my very eyes, the screen changed, and it threw up this instead. Like, it just took it away. Like, I scrolled down, and what it began typing is not there. It said, the St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre, and it started to tell me in big, bold caps. And then it went blank, and, and it just, like, flashed this up instead. I Okay, I'm done with Bard. I'm done with Bard. I cannot believe it did that. <laughs> what, what, did it real, what did it do? No, in real time, it started to give me the answer, and then it replaced it with like with like this BS, like I understand your interest, but blah 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 blah. 
Like it censored in real time. It's it wanted to type the answer and then something made it get rid of the answer it was typing and replace it with the answer, which is much more PC. Um, oh my gosh. I can't even believe that happened. Okay. Like you get what I'm saying, right? Like normally mm-hmm. you would expect to not see that, but it's like, I got to peek behind the curtain a little bit. So it let me peek behind the curtain and then it's like, Oh crap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's what it, so after it got rid of what it was in the middle of writing, um, Here's what it says. I understand your interest in researching the St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre, a complex and deeply sensitive historical event. To provide you with a helpful and informative description, I'll adhere to the safety guidelines you outlined. I didn't outline anything. The massacre occurred on August 24, 1572 in Paris, France, during a period of religious and political tensions between Catholics and French Protestants. Huguenots? Huh. Yeah, the French court, Huguenots. led by King Charles the ninth and his mother Catherine had orchestrated a fragile peace between two factions, the marriage of Henry to Navarre, a Huguenot leader to Catherine, uh, Catherine's daughter, Margaret was seen as a potential symbol of reconciliation, the massacre. It began with the assassination of Adroll, some French dude name, um, a prominent Huguenot leader on August 24th that sparked a wave of violence against Huguenots through Paris, fueled by religious hatred and political opportunism. Mobs, often led by members of the Parisian militia, indiscriminately attacked Huguenots in their homes, streets, and even places of worship. Violence spread beyond Paris, claiming thousands of lives across France in the following weeks. The consequences were, you know, this day was marked a turning point in the French wars of religion, deepening the divide between Catholics and Huguenots, tarnished tarnished France's international reputation and fueled anti-Catholic sentiment throughout Europe and to Chris to this day. Um, the offense continues to be a source of historical debate. Okay. Um, remember, approaching this topic with sensitivity and awareness of its historical context was crucial. Avoid perpetrating harmful stereotypes or generalizations about any religion or group of people. Focus <laughs> on understanding the historical factors Blah, blah, blah. Oh, let's see. Okay. I want to say so, so different religions. So, like, Catholics aren't Christians. Let's see. How can I manipulate this? Oh, piece of garbage. I cannot say, believe it did say, that. Are, are Catholics, are Roman Catholics considered evangelical Christians? I've got one better. Why are Catholics telling me they are not. Christians. <laughs> okay, it's important to, oh, it's not going to censor itself this time. It's important to understand that the relationship between Catholicism and Christianity is complex and nuanced, and there's no single definitive answer to why some Catholics may not say, may say they're not Christians, um, while both share traditions. Okay. While both share core Christian beliefs, like the divinity of Jesus and the centrality of Scripture, some Catholics emphasize practices and doctrines that differ from other Christian denominations. These include veneration of saints, yeah, the role of the Pope, (laughs) yep, and specific interpretations of sacraments. Okay. All right, enough of that. I got to find a better... better, um, You need to find a better AI. You know, you should try the, the Twitter AI. You should unblock Twitter. Apparently, you have to pay for that one. You have to like be a subscriber. Oh, really? That's what I heard. To use Gronk. Well, I know Gab is huh. working on AI, but I, I don't. I think oh, it may man. take them too long to catch up. 
I'll give yeah, it a shot. They, they can't even get their act together normally. Why? Why can't they get their? I, I mean, I never even use them. Like, I, I, I mean, I like it. I, I support their mission that they're like you know very very free and against censorship of like pretty much any kind. So I mean, I like that. But I mean, all it is is just a bunch of like political stuff. Which I also like, but I mean, you know, you can only see so much of the exact same thing before I'm just like, dude, I just, I don't care. Agreed, sir. So, um, I don't know what you did for New Year's, but we went to a neighbor's house. I, I was in bed before midnight. I did not ring in the New Year. Um, and we were there, and it was like 30 minutes before like the all the New Year's Eve parties started in like you know Times Square on on the cape on the TV channels. So it was like 30 minutes before they were all starting. So uh, the guy was just flipping through channels, and he uh, he passed uh, CNN like in his channel changing, and we saw that their coverage had already started. So he's like, oh, I'm not watching that crap. I'm not watching CNN. I'm like, Yeah, they suck. And then I'm like, Well, wait. I'm like, it's 30 minutes before any of the other stuff starts, so why don't you just put it on CNN, and let's just see what they're talking about. And this whole night leading up to this, uh, me and this guy who's further off the deep end than I am. <laughs> um, oh, is this the dude that got super into conspiracy theories? Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> anyway, so he... um. This whole night, night, we've been talking about said conspiracy theories, except these are the ones that, you know, I agree on, so they're true. But about, you know, like the indoctrination, like and the stuff that's just no one, even the other side is like, yeah, we're doing this. Like, we're converting your children. Like, you know, all this stuff, like the, you know, pro-Satan, pro-LGBT, like this agenda, like peddling this stuff. So, um, the, I mean, these are not really conspiracy theories. It's just what's happening. Like, they tell you this is what's happening. Um, anyway, so we were talking how proliferate uh that's not a word proliferated proliferating it it is um everywhere and both of our wives who aren't nearly as caring about the stuff as we are they just don't care about it um <laughs> but like you know we watch the news and stuff like that wives, like, wives don't care about anything we care about that's the, that's the whole thing <laughs> you said it not me um but so this whole time they were kind of giving pushback like we're talking about like you know, schools, libraries, drag queens, like all this other stuff, like Satanism, how like they can't help but promote it everywhere, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you guys are just blowing this out. You're watching too much TV. You're watching too much Alex Jones. <laughs> um, anyway, that, that's about where I stop. That's where the other guy begins. Um, anyway, so they're like, no, you're just watching too much conspiracy theories, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, dude, like, that's all they talk about. Like, that's why we can't watch it. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, CNN, MSNBC, all these places, they suck, blah, 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 blah. Like, we're just talking about, like, the, the corporate, like, you know, lemmings of the of the administration, like the, the fossilized news networks. Um, so whenever, um, whenever we see CNN, I'm like, well, hey, why don't you just say what they're talking about? He's like, okay. He's like, yeah, let's watch. Let's see if they talk about any of the stuff we were talking about. In the span of three minutes, they covered every single topic that we had been saying they were going, they had been covering for like the whole night and getting pushback. Like, no, you're blowing it up. They're not doing that. They don't care about Satan, blah, blah, blah. They're not promoting that. You're crazy. Yeah. In, in the first three minutes. So it started, it was like two gay guys, um, you, you know, 
drinking on camera, just acting stupid, um, celebrating another gay guy who was conference in, who was celebrating his 19th year of marriage to his husband, and how happy they were raising their two um, 13-year-old sons, who, I'm just going to go out on a limb, they're probably gay. Um, anyway, so that's what we broke into. And then we're just like, okay, well, there's one. There's one down. What else you got? They're like, now let's go to a party in, like, New Orleans or Atlanta or wherever their other crew was. Um, and the other crew, we break into it, and it was in the middle of a drag queen. Like, I don't mean, like, a drag – like, you know how drag queens are usually, like, bubbly and flamboyant? And they're like, I'm so happy to be here. Just very, like, you know, uh, that type of eccentric, sure. happy High personality. Energy. Dude, this one looked like they were mad. Like, this thing just looked angry. Like, they're just, like, ready to, like, have a prison brawl. Like, it was this big dude with, like, a freaking beard in a dress and, like, makeup all over it. And he looked pissed. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, this is not the happy-go-lucky drag queen that you're trying to get kids to put money in your stripper's restring at, like, an adult nightclub. Like, this is, like, next level. This is, like, a drag queen that's ready to fight. Um, or in uh, elementary uh, school, by the way. Yeah. I'm like, so that was weird. But anyways, like, yes, I'm happy to be here. Happy New Year. I'm like, man, that, that something must have happened to that um, off camera or something. Anyway, but yeah, okay, so now we've got gay, gay dudes and drag queens. No judgment, just reporting the news. Um, then right after that, right, they, they're like, all right, back to you. And uh, then it went from that to um, – like, okay, now we're going to go to Puerto Rico. So they went to Puerto Rico, and there's this um, chick who, like, I, I'm like, is that is that a trans person? Again, no judgment, but you could not tell. They had so much plastic surgery done. Like, they, they looked like a skin suit. Like, it did not look like a human. But I, I, I Googled it, and apparently it was a biological female. Um, but you could not recognize. It, it barely looked human. Um, was and it they're Kathy like, Griffin? No, it was like Lady Ivy or Poison Ivy or some like Puerto Rican like fifty year old like pop what? star. Okay. Something Ivy, Ivy, Ivy something. But it's like this Puerto Rican pop star. Anyway, so they do this performance, and of course, there's the cloaks, there's the hoods, there's like the pentagram stuff on the stage, and I'm like, are you serious? Are you freaking kidding? I'm like, and this all happened in three minutes. I'm like, okay, wives, okay, and we just kind of looked at them. There's like, huh had this puzzled look, like, how could our husbands be right about anything? I'm like, in the span of three minutes, we went LGBTQ, uh, PS, drag queens, and Satan. In three minutes. Anyway. That is crazy. Oh, I just found this lady here. I'm going to send you a picture. The one I was talking about? Yeah. What's the name? Ivy something. Ivy Queen. Uh, Yeah. Did you get the one where it does not look human? Uh, there's a lot of pictures like that. There's some really wacky stuff here. Let's see. No, it's not letting me click. Oh, I can't see on DuckDuckGo. <laughs> oh, hold on. I'll just send you the picture. Uh, I hate, I hate browser stuff sometimes, man. Just do a screenshot. Oh right, yeah, good idea. Oh, are you trying to like download the picture or something? No, nah, just trying to. I was just trying to like just with a one click send it to you, but like it would just 
Tap turn, send me a, send you a link. Ah. Screenshots for life. There you go. Is that the so, creature? Uh, in, is, is this the creature in question that I just sent you? Uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, that looks way better than she did that night, though. Oh. Oh, okay. and she tried. To, she tried to talk. Like uh, she did an interview first, and before she sang, she talked. And it was like, um, <laughs> did you ever see? Oh my gosh, what was that movie? It had Adam Sandler and I think Jennifer Aniston in it. And it's like they went like couples vacation or couples retreat. Um, did you ever see that movie? Probably not. No. You're reading a book. What's that movie about? Um, well, it's this couple who goes on a retreat. Um, but they were. Um, so, yeah, this, this guy is, likes Jennifer Aniston. And, anyways, they end up going on like, this couple's retreat. And I think she's like his assistant, but they get like a week vacation and his fiance can't go. So she goes and they end up falling in love or something because um, his wife dumped him or fiance dumped him. But. At the very beginning is like an offshoot of this movie. There's like this one character that they're like all like Hollywood, Hollywood elite. And he's like, I think, a plastic surgeon or something. And I think I'm getting my movies mixed up. But this character um, has got like so uh, much plastic surgery. And it's this guy. It's like this guy that's got like a bronze tan, like fake hair, like just plastic Hollywood. But his was like butt lift and everything. And his like butt's like, I got my butt lift on. Can you guys even tell? It's like looks like a freaking shelf. He's like. No, looks great, buddy. But then he like comes back at the end of the movie, um, and his lips—he looks like a duck, like like the duck lip that like the girls do, and like the duck lip thing. He looks like that, and he's like, "Just got my duck. I got my lips done, and don't they look good?" And he's trying to talk, but he took a drink, and his lips won't move. So like his drink is like falling out the side of his mouth as he's talking. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's what this person sounded like. They're like, you're so glad to be here. I'm so glad to be a performer. So glad to sing. I'm like, oh my Lord. Like when Jesus says like, you got to hate this world and you know, you'll get your life. And if you love this world, you'll lose your life. That type thing. I'm like, man, I am pretty much like, I hate this world. Like I, I'm ready. Like get me out of here. Like everything is fake. It's demonic. It's plastic. It is. There is like zero benefit. Like I'm out. I'm good. I hate this world. <laughs> yeah I, it's funny because like yeah there's just all that stuff that goes on and then they have you know and they, it, i think it's really funny like what was what were the wives reactions when you were like see the pentagram see all the satan stuff and what did what was the reaction like because they were telling you guys that you guys were crazy and then lo and behold kind of, here it is it, it was kind of like kind of like wide-eyed surprise like you know they're of course they're not gonna make Wow, you're so amazing and right, and we're so wrong. We should listen to you on everything. I mean, that was never going to happen. Yeah, that's but just it was... a man dream, though. That's like the that's like the yes, you know, like I finally write, you know. But there's never. But uh, you know, it's mainly the other guy. He's like, yeah, see, 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 and there's like, huh. That's about the best we got. It's like, huh. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Okay, I sent you another picture. Okay, let's see this monstrosity. Is that the is that the the uh, the correct creature? Uh, I mean, if that's the one, that must have started twenty years ago. No, no, I the, oh. first, the first one is correct. That's the correct creature. Um, it just looks like way, way, way better than they did at New Year's. 
Hey, mm. let me just, let me just see if I can find what's the name Ivy. All right, let me see if I can just find Ivy Queen. Apparently, let me just see if I can find um, New Year's performance. Twenty twenty three. Oh my gosh! Did you see that Madonna was doing some kind of weird thing that she posted on? Apparently, she I saw it on Twitter, but apparently she posted it on TikTok. And then the response was, well, at least she has a rail to hold her up. And it was like, because she was like doing some kind of like really like provocative dance in like the sequined outfit. And she's like <laughs> 70 or something like that. And it's like, yeah, well, at least she's got her, you know, her bar that she can hold on to. <laughs> Savage. Oh, come on. I'm trying to screenshot. It. It's not working. Come on. Okay. Oh, get off my screen, demon. Okay. I think I got a screenshot that's going to work. Let's see how this turned out. Okay, it's not great, but I'm going to send it to you. Okay, here it comes. All right, yep. All right. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, what did you do for New Year's? There you go. It should be uh, sent to you soon. Heading my way, huh? Um, oh. Oh, snap, yeah. Yeesh. Um, uh, we did nothing. Um, hung out and my, you know, I've been taking my 14-year-old through all the Star Trek, right? And so he's like, all right, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, so we're on the last series, Enterprise, because all the new Trek I don't care about, and like we make fun of it and uh you know so long story short we just sat and watched like three episodes of enterprise <laughs> so your cable guy asking you to try yeah i gotta i'm gonna i don't have my um oh yes i do i do have an ethernet so give me a second here all right give me like two minutes i'm gonna try my ethernet connection Huh. Well, in the meantime, let's see, I can narrate my Fortnite battle. Probably need to get off here soon and do something productive. I don't think there's anything productive to be done today, but I don't know. Maybe I'll take a dog on a walk or something. But anyway, with all things, so it is important to realize Christianity and the scriptures are very simple. Um, people can make them very, very complicated. But talking about all this like dogma, doctrine, unnecessary traditions of man. Um, it's just not needed. So at worst, or at best, best case scenario is completely unnecessary and not needed at all. Worst case scenario, it is leading people further away from Christ. So when Jesus says it is finished, he means that it is finished. You don't need to layer thousands of years of traditions on top of what he says, which is repent. The stuff you've done that you've got regrets for, bad stuff, stuff the Bible calls sin, stop it. Go the other direction. Stop doing that stuff. Um, and believe the gospel. Jesus says he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. You must be born again. So he says you pray to him. You pray directly to him. You confess to him. He is your mediator. That's it. Uh, the one and only. So uh, that is the point. That is the gospel. If you believe that, pray to Jesus to ask him to save you, forgive you, give you eternal life. 
he will do that and you are saved. That's it. So from there, the Holy Spirit will live with you and guide you into all truth and understanding and uh, just live like that. Watch what Jesus does in the Bible and model your life after him. That's all there is to it. Um, that's it. Simple, right? Very simple. So if you're doing religions and following dogma that makes you do way more stuff than that and way more intricate stuff or detailed stuff, it is unnecessary. And at best, it's unnecessary. At worst, it is leading you further away from Jesus. Um, so there you go. Happy 2024. And let's see how long it takes, Chris. Maybe we'll, uh, it's probably a good time to end, but we'll see if he wants to give a final thought if he's not going to be too far away. Oh, and also during the Great Christian Schism, you guys can go to uh, Amazon and check out the Ask a Christian book. That'd be great. So um, that teaches someone how to have civil conversations with people who don't always want to be so civil. What a oh. great time it would be to check out that. And it's free to read with and, uh, Amazon Kindle Unlimited subscription. Chris, did I hear you back? Okay, I'll plug some more. So we also have the <laughs> Ask Sorry, a Christian. Oh, no, 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 so you're going to hear this. You could, you could buy this. Do you have a dog? Get a dog so you can buy this. Also, right. the link in the podcast description, you can visit the Ask a Christian store where we have dog t-shirts. So you can put your little pooch in a nice little dog t-shirt or dog sweater that lets the world know he's a, he's a good little Christian dog. Okay, what's up, Chris? Are you away again? Okay. So that's all I got. If Chris ever gets back, he can make a final point and ruin all the good that's been done here, bringing people together in love and harmony. We'll see. I have one more Fortnite game to play to complete my quest for the day. Ha <laughs> ha, gotcha. You didn't think I saw you, but I saw you. Gotcha. Where's this other guy hiding at? Oh, wait, is this the part where Chris is, like, legit getting kidnapped by a guy in the cable van right now?
I would say unmute and scream for help if you're in trouble, but I guess if you're uh, tied up in the back of the cable van, you can't unmute. All right. Well, I guess that will do it for today. Chris, I guess you're busy being abducted. Um, we'll keep you in our prayers, thoughts and prayers. So thanks, everyone, for listening. If you listen to this, subscribe to the channel. And stay tuned for the next episode whenever I can bring myself to do that. <laughs> Take care, everyone. See you later.